Hey listeners, uh, sorry, this is another late drop. We are still having problems with Miles' mic. Uh, and can I isolate what the issue is and what's causing it? We're hoping it's not the mic itself, that the mic's not failing. I think it has to do with the fact that he's had to switch over to new a new program that we're having to use on his end to, to record himself. And uh, maybe it has something to do with his noise gate or something like that. But anyways, it's the reason why we have such low sound quality on his end and why his voice keeps dropping in and out. He's still talking and you have to turn it way up to hear him, which is what I'm trying to compensate for you guys on your end. So you don't blow your damn inner eardrums out when one of us comes back in. But it's become a, a, a pretty big issue. And uh, we might not have a podcast this next week trying to figure out what the hell's going on on his end. So hopefully we'll get it isolated and uh, we'll go from there. Welcome to the Geek Out Heroes. This is Vargo. This is Josiah. And Miles. And if you hear noises on my end, Scout is being really needy. <laughs> <laughs> I miss mom. Mom's gone. Where's mom? I need to be with you all the time. Always. Don't go to the bathroom ever. It's going to be one of those situations like you, you go to the bathroom, close the door, and you come back out. You've been gone for so long. I love my dog, but when, you know, when the family's gone, dude, I might as well be fucking mud. Like he, he wants all the attention from me, but he will whine and cry all the time. And he howls like my people are all gone. And I'm sitting there going, what the fuck am I? Like I, I literally went out to California for you. Hello. Don't you remember this? That's why I think he thinks you're me because he remembers <laughs> me being so big. Yeah. And then he sees you and he's like, oh, the guy who came to pick me up is back. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> Just remember somebody much larger than me and had a beard. How dare you forget my beautiful mane? <laughs> right? Of hair. I mean, that's easily the biggest <laughs> difference. <laughs> Fucking bald is bullshit. Thanks, mom and dad. Although, I do have to say, ever since you and Anderson started, you know, fully shaving it, you guys had good looking heads, man. I yeah. have a, we've already had that conversation before. I have a funky shaped skull. Like if I ever went bald listeners, I'd do it. I'd screw it. Might as well. There's nothing. I'm not impressing anybody. But at the same time, it's one of those things. Like I have like these two huge craters on the side of my skull. I'm like, Oh man, that'll look so funky. See the, the tip is to just not care that you have the weird craters in your skull. Cause yeah. I got, I got one somewhere here on the right side. I think it's covered by the, uh, the headset but the the trick is to just not give a shit well I, I the only reason i care is because we're in such a military town and because of that i'm a, i'm afraid they're gonna think i'm one of the visiting aliens that everybody keeps talking about <laughs> so i'm like all right well if they see me they'll just take me to their you know take me to the next facility and i'm just like all right the only upside is free room and board yeah. hopefully food before they cut me open Hopefully they'll at least knock you out before they cut you open. And I get the last laugh of knowing that I'm human and, you know, they're going to be really confused when they open up a human being and go, oh my God, we killed a human being. <laughs> not again. And, and, and that's exactly <laughs> it. And it's going to be one of those things where the guy goes, oh, not again. Like, you know, it's happened every fucking time because there's no actual aliens, listeners, you know, visiting the earth. <laughs> the worst part is I'm imagining this as like a, a sitcom. The, yeah. the doctor is going to be elbow deep in your chest cavity and heart, human lungs. Damn it, not again! Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I now know. Right out of uh, Krieger's book, 
<laughs> uh, what's really funny is I now know what it's like to to have people look at you like, oh, you're you're a you're a denier of history or something like that or some crap like that. Because I sit there and I'm like, aliens have not visited the Earth. Like we're so far out of the way and we're so dumb. Why would anyone visit us ever? We're so fucking stupid. I've had to have Come this conversation on. with my coworkers before because some of them think like, that you know they're visiting Earth and they're like. Well, what do you think? I was like, I don't, I think maybe that they like come here and see how dumb we yeah. are and then leave. And every, like every single modern day reveal that they keep having or they keep, they keep having with happening. Jesus. It's going to be one of those podcasts listeners. Sorry. Uh, that they keep having is like, uh, you know, guys sitting on a board and they're like, so have you seen the aliens personally? Like, no, but I've heard of them and I've heard they have technologies that we're using. No, but I've, but I've heard that we have their technologies. Where'd you hear it from? I can't give away my sources, but you're here. So why can't you, why can't you just tell us? Well, you know, this is all the same shit listeners that used to come up when I was a kid, when it, back in the eighties, back in the eighties, this shit happened all the time and people don't remember it. And it's hysterical because it's happening now. I mean, this has been happening since I, you know, I'm, I'm a decent amount younger than you guys. Yeah. And this was happening when I was a kid in the 90s, yeah, too. It, so this has been going on forever. It seemingly happens anytime our government's doing some shady shit on the side and they want to cover crap up. Yeah, I mean, they all they do is shake the keys. Hey, look, yeah. look what my left Don't hand is pay doing. Attention Don't to pay what's attention to what's happening over the right here. Yeah. Look at the look at the jingly keys. It's like and, and I, you know, I can say that as somebody who liked Reagan, I can even say that, you know, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that shit was that the, some shady shit was happening inside. That our government was doing that they wanted to keep everyone distracted so aliens you know unsolved mysteries all that stuff like they used to get fed these fucking programs like oh this guy was an eyewitness like like okay so now you're hearing it in front of a con like a congressional committee that makes it more official somehow even though it's the same bullshit you've heard for the past 40 years no that doesn't give any fucking legitimacy to it i'm sorry like that is, that doesn't make it real that doesn't mean that doesn't mean actual flying saucers have come to earth every time they talk about ufos the definition of a ufo is literally an unidentified flying object they assign these to meteorites that's passed through our atmosphere that they've never seen or or, or weren't able to actually verify <laughs> so our balloons that go floating off into the atmosphere yeah <laughs> weather balloons from china <laughs> I'm going to, I'm just going to save everybody some time. All of these things that, you know, keep popping up on the, uh, you know, Oh, aliens have visited. It's like you were saying, it's all unverified shit. Yeah. It all just comes down to trust me, bro. Yeah. Trust me, bro. Or, or, well, don't you think the, the government would, would try to cut, wouldn't they absolutely try to cover this up? No, it's not like the Kennedy assassination. You're yeah. You have far too much documentation for this to actually at this point be a government government cover up because the Kennedy assassination, everybody keeps thinking that they're going to find more, you know, oh, but what about the stuff that's, that's redacted in the Kennedy, you know, with the uh, involving the Kennedy assassination? There's going to be no documentation whatsoever verifying that the government had anything to do with the assassination of a president. You can guarantee that that there is no paperwork going around going, all right, so the Pentagon says this guy has to go. Yeah, no one did that. There's no fucking paperwork to prove that. There's nothing. There's nothing on this fucking earth that's going to say that's going to verify anything beyond speculation based off of weird fucking events. And in this case, 
there's way too much documentation to go. Yeah, it's just not happening. Oh, <laughs> anyways, Miles, I interrupted you. What were you going to say? I was just going to point out the ones that crack me up are when they find like a like an ancient like temple site, you know, and uh, they're like, oh, well, you know, aliens clearly taught these people how to build this structure. Like because human beings were too dumb. Apparently advanced spacefaring race came by and imparted the great technology of stacking stones in a particular order. Yeah, we couldn't have figured that out possibly at all. Yeah, I love the story of how Lincoln built 93 log cabins with the help of aliens. That's the, that's the number, right? 90, 93, he was he, like, oh, no, no, no. He, he was made up of 93 of them, right? Yeah. Something I, like that. I think that's more yeah. accurate. Yeah, it's, it's, the twi- it's, the, it's literally the twisting of history. Like, it's, it's just like, all right, we're going to turn around and say, oh, okay, you know, there's no way the Egyptians could have built the pyramids. Dude. A couple of fucking club wielding assholes in in the <laughs> known known later as the Celts were able to stack stones on top of each other that were way heavier than man using primitive construction because they figured out how pulleys work and how leverage works. It doesn't you know. The, if, if you sit there and you think of like, yes, aliens came down and, to- and showed us how to stack stones. They didn't teach us anything beyond that because teaching us how to work metal or anything like that would have been too much for us. Get fucked. Human beings have been doing this shit for fucking thousands and thousands of years. They're like, that's the equivalent of you might as well say that gunpowder that was originally originally developed and invented in China was a mystery. Well, I mean, if you think about it, it is kind of magic because I can pull a trigger and put a hole in something very far away <laughs> Yeah, now. But like, but that's the funny thing is like, like because of these things that were that were developed in other nations, like you're saying, OK, well, it was originally it was originally created in China. OK, we can give them credit. But another another country far, far away also developed it years later. So this isn't something that mankind only learns from like one fucking culture or only learns like one thing. This isn't like the automobile which originally was if you if you want to give full credit, full credit to the automobile actually goes to Germany. But if you wanted to give what the modern car is credit, you'd have to give that to Ford. As much crap as any of us would give a Ford, a Ford car. Now you have to give them their due on the fact that the guy modernized vehicles to the point where you had assembly lines. I mean, this is stuff that was invented in order to accommodate something that was an invention. Flight, the Wright brothers. Flight was invented in the United States. Flight was not first thought of in the United States. Jesus Christ. Leonardo da Vinci thought of flight. Hundreds of years before they ever made it. And here we are. Somebody finally went, hey, we can do this. And figured out how it was done. And they weren't the only ones working on it. It had been attempted multiple times by multiple countries. Multiple cultures. So this is like, oh, yeah. you, you can, you can, you can find, find evidence. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hilarious. Yeah. It's funny as shit. <laughs> you know, the, the screwdriver one is the one that makes me laugh the hardest. Cause it bounced up and down at the same time while I was trying to friggin' screw its way into the air. <laughs> Some kind of huge drill. You know, it's, it's right up there with like, you know, when, 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 
before bicycles became modern bicycles and you had the large wheel in front and the, the small wheel in back. Oh, the, uh, it always makes me think of, uh, what do they call those? The, uh, the velocipede. Yeah. The, the, it always makes me think of, uh, Seth MacFarlane's joke of like, when he's sitting there, they're like, they're like, I want to, <laughs> I've decided that I can put a man, you know, make a man be able to travel on two wheels and, and be able to drive right around while being above the ground. Well, Henry, something like that would take an enormous wheel on it. <laughs> like, and you have to think like, did, did they try the, the massive wheel in the rear first at all? Was that ever a design? Cause I mean, it, it's just, it's too, like when you see it, listeners, you go, you immediately, your brain modern for, for modern day thinking, because you've seen a bicycle, you immediately go, why the fuck was this the first thing you guys thought of? This seems stupid. And I just always you think would, of the, uh, you would be right. Jackass <laughs> bit of uh, bicentennial BMXing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to bunny hop a curb in, in a fucking penny farthing. Yeah. yeah. You know what I just realized, though? I forgot to open up my mini. So Josiah's voice is going to going to come back up again. Sorry about this, listeners. I've done this twice now. Now he should sound normal. Well, already then. And thankfully, hopefully, without ever stopping the podcast. <laughs> Anyways, um, sorry about that. Uh, <clears throat> see, I am fallible tremendously. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, like it's shit like that. So like so when I see all these like, you know, all the, the uh, sorry, I've gotten us on this tangent, by the way, but it, it just makes me laugh because I see like all these people are just like, you know, oh, aliens had to have done this. Aliens came down. They've, they've come to see us. I'm like, we're such a dumb species. Why would anyone ever visit us? We're so stupid. So maybe, 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 maybe they've come and maybe they've looked at us and like, Meh, they're not ready. We're out. I mean, it's like, but I, personally, I like to think of it as they like to come look at us like we're animals in a zoo. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. That would make more sense. Oh, hey, check it out. These creatures are so dumb that they're fighting each other over two different translations of the same book. Fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the, you know, like the joke from Rick and, you know, Rick and Morty. Imagine being free. Imagine a snake being racist to another snake. like. <laughs> Yeah, that that sums it up. That's why racism is stupid. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it's never been it's never been a a thing that should ever have made sense to anyone. But it doesn't change Help the fact you that knife nippled bastard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it doesn't change the fact that it would still exist in the majority of cultures. Like it, it would still happen. Somebody would find a difference that somebody has, and they'd go, "Well, that's the thing that I hate now," because they're different. And uh, yeah, I mean. It, you think about that and you're like, all right, well, you know, if it's happened to us and there's an alien species coming down, like, let's say there's multiple alien species coming down to visit us. Like, what if they all hate each other? Do we really want to do we really want to be part of any of that in the universe? No, fuck that. No, we're out. At least for me, I'm out. I don't want to I don't want to deal. I have to deal enough with stupidity down here. I don't want to deal with the stupidity in the galaxy. See, but I think stupidity could be more tolerable with a uh, cooler background personally <laughs> it's a lot easier to deal with when you're in mass effect yeah yeah okay I, i'd be a, i'd be a little bit more okay with it I'd be like wow all these aliens are fucking dumb and they hate each other but goddamn, i have this cool apartment on the space station with like 
food replicators and, you know, holograms and shit. I, I'd be able to deal with it a little bit more. That's fair. Maybe so, that's just so me. So basically what you're getting down to is Gene Roddenberry's uh, Star Trek is not a the the point where man became so enlightened that they were able to look past their differences and better themselves. It's actually the fact that they were just like, well, we're still a bunch of assholes. We're all still, you know, a bunch of jackasses and stupid, but at least <laughs> it's a better backdrop. <laughs> right. That's why I've always thought Mass Effect is probably the, the more realistic uh, sci-fi setting. Yeah. Because, you know, humans kind of looked around and went, hey, look, we may be different, and I used to hate you, but they're more different, and I hate them more than I hate you. So let's gang up on that guy. All right, real quick question. If aliens came down today, and one of our representatives were out there going to shake their hand, and they shot them, how many times do you think it would end up being like a Mars attack situation where they just think it's a giant misunderstanding? Every time. I mean, with how our representation is right now, uh, they would have to go through a lot of people before we stop cheering. Probably. Right. <laughs> Hell, they're probably Look at these people. They think we're liberating them. <laughs> <laughs> There'd probably be other people be like, hey, if you're shooting these guys, them next. <laughs> they you to start with made him, it all the way down to the Secretary of Agriculture. Uh, we might need to start being concerned. I think these guys mean to take us over. I don't think they're be- I don't think they're being nice at all. I think I think they're being facetious. So, anyways, Unity uh, decided to walk back their whole thing. They've decided that oh, it's not going to be a hundred thousand. It's going to be two hundred thousand. Uh, we're not going to make the uh, the policy retroactive. It's not going to include anything that released before twenty twenty four. And to some people's cheer and when i say some people's cheer not a lot uh the majority of the communities pretty much said the damage is done uh you guys showed your hand we know exactly what kind of company you are and we're staying away from you uh, a lot of developers have already decided that they're moving on to a different engines and uh, they're no longer going to be, be using it now this is a hard like this is hard for unity and the simple fact of uh there's a lot of workers that were within unity. I'm not asking listeners. I am not asking you to have any sympathy for the company itself. They did this to themselves. The thing that sucks is the fact that there's tons of people within the company that begged them not to do anything like this, told them that this would be an awful idea. And their higher ups went with it. Anyways, those people are getting fucked over because I guarantee you, if this can, if this goes the way, if this goes the way of Bud Light, it's going to, it's going to mean a lot of people's jobs. And a lot of people's jobs that didn't deserve to be taken away from them just because management's too fucking stupid to remove head from ass. You're right. No. <laughs> you ever do that thing where you accidentally just inhale some spit? Yes. We, we had the discussion about me brushing my teeth. Yeah. That just, <laughs> except it wasn't, it wasn't delightfully minty flavored. Um, well, no, it's it, delightfully it, minty flavored on your tongue down your throat. It is burning sensation, right? <laughs> No, I was just going to say, I feel like Unity tried to do that thing that we know a lot of other companies have perfected of, we're going to roll out this crazy sounding plan, and then we're going to walk it back to something that's still pretty crazy, but a yeah. little bit more reasonable. Yeah, they were abs- I think I think you're right. They were absolutely playing that. And I think what they did was they just shot themselves in the foot because they went way too far with it. 
thinking that, oh, if we do something super over the top crazy and then walk it back to something that's a little bit more reasonable, then we'll look like the heroes. But you went too far and now everybody hates you and uh, go fuck yourselves. Yeah, it was EA levels of uh, like Battlefield 2 of we're going to take we're not going to take a mile after you gave us an inch. We're going to take three miles and find out what happens. Yeah. And this was a, you know, this was absolutely one of those, you know, fuck around and find out situations where a company is like, yeah, I, I completely agree. Like I said, they decided they were, they were going to do this, this new policy to try and make more money. And instead of rolling it out slowly in, in small increments, like every other company does to us over and over again. And then, Oh, we're sorry. Take it back a little bit and give you something that's not as egregious, but still sucks. Yeah. And instead of doing that, they went, fuck it, full bore. We're going to do full bore because this is the policy we want to end up with, the one they have now. This is the one we, we want to go to. But if we go to this right away, we will get backlash regardless. So how do we avoid that? Well, let's make it so egregious that they'll go, holy crap, thank you for, for not going with this policy, but, but walking it back a little bit. So let's just let's go to the full thing of like, we're going to screw everybody over completely. Doesn't matter what we do. And we'll just, we'll leave it. Trust me, bro. Yeah. What do you think? Let's do that. Yeah. This is going to be a great idea. I think it's going to work out really well for us. We're going to make a lot of money, not realizing apparently because they can't read the room that this has happened so often and so many times that people are just going to go, nah, fuck you. I'm out. We have, we have finally reached the point listeners where people are remembering some of their standards. And I have to say that I think it's because of the recent development of other games that have come out because of other things that have happened within the industry as of late, that a lot of people, not even just gamers, but some developers are starting to wake up and realize we used to be better and we used to have higher standards, even for ourselves. And because of that, this didn't work. This instantly got backlash. And on top of that, there was the fact that this was going to screw over so many independent developers and was going to just rake them through the coals on money and monetization that it just, this, this was not, this is not something that would be ever sustainable for any company to do. And, uh, unfortunately unity, they found out, they figured out that, oh yeah, this is a, this was a bad idea. And it's too late, too little, too late. They're not going to be, they're not going to be able to, to, to walk it back far enough to get back a lot of the bad will that they caused. And, you know, that's, that's completely different from like, and like some people are like, oh, well, Epic games is just as bad because they, you know, they're firing 16% of their, their employees because they overspent their money. You know, those are completely two different things. Uh, Epic is got bad management. They've got, they've got bad, apparently bad money skills, apparently just bad decision-making. Uh, whereas their decision on how they handle their licensing for their developers and the fact that you don't have to pay a license to them until you make a, your first million dollars from your game, that's, that's completely a different situation. And a, as far as I'm concerned, a much better model than what unity, you know, what unity has even come up with now for the replacement. So, but you know, it doesn't change the fact that bad management is bad management. That doesn't mean that their CEO is still making a ludicrous amount of money 
and is making way more money than anybody else below him. And he probably could have taken a salary cut to keep some people's jobs. But at the same time, if those jobs are antiquated or those jobs are no longer being used or not going to be used in the future, that's a person sitting around doing nothing. Now, do I hope that those people find jobs soon? Sure, because people, uh, you know, people who are unemployed sucks. It, it blows. I'm hoping Epic is doing something in their own power to try and help those people find new jobs as a company. They should. And uh, their, their CEO should absolutely be using any, any power or funds that he has in order to try and do that. You know, and I'm hoping that Epic isn't using this as the same, you know, in the same way that EA or Activision would in that this is something that was completely unavoidable, you know, uh, as opposed to Activision EA, they'll let go of hundreds of thousands of employees at a time if they have to, in order to make themselves look profitable. You know, I'm hoping that's not why Epic's doing this. Really am hoping that because the company was literally bleeding money because they made a lot of stupid decisions. Epic, you should have, you, you started a storefront and started spending money like it was going out of style. You were spending more money than you were ever taking in and making from even Fortnite, which is fucking impressive. Um, and you were doing it to try and push a storefront to, to rival Valve. So you started giving away games for free. You started creating these ridiculous fucking incentives for uh, developers and publishers to come over to you. On top of that, you started paying for exclusivity, exclusivity that you never saw a benefit. You never really saw a benefit from. I'm sorry. There's there's no way you sold enough copies of Hitman three to justify the amount of money you spent on getting that game exclusively to your platform. Why? Because people like me went, no, I don't want to. I'm, I'm going to wait. Yeah, it, it happened to me twice. Uh, MechWarrior 5 and Galactic Civilizations 4 were both uh, exclusive for a year. Yeah. I cracked on MechWarrior just because I wanted to spend money on that. I get so, it. Yeah. You know, hey, make more of these games, please. But Galactic Civilizations, I just waited a year. Yeah. I waited because I didn't want another launcher. I just didn't want another launcher. I, had, I have launchers for fucking everything. And I didn't want another launcher at the time. Yeah. And eventually I cracked because that was the only way I could get PC building simulator two was because they bought the fucking publisher. They bought the publisher. They bought the, I bought the publisher or the dev. I can't remember, but they bought the rights to it. And that's the only way you can get the game was on there. was on their fucking platform. I was like, Jesus Christ, I guess I have to have fucking uh, Epic, but that's no different than the fact that I have to have 2K games now for, for their launcher. I have to have Ubisoft Connect. I have to have fucking uh, Rockstar's launcher. I have to have, like, you have to have a fucking launcher for every goddamn game you own. It's fucking insane. It got so bad that CD Projekt Red basically gave up on Galaxy or uh, on GOG uh, Galaxy because they just went, they, we can't keep up with this. There's a launcher for fucking everything. There's, there's no point. So, and their, and their whole thing was like, we want to try and bring all the launchers together in one spot so that you don't have to constantly open up other programs and other launchers just to be able to play your games. And that ended up kind of falling through because everybody started adding their own launchers, every, every publisher, every fucking dev. I will say it when it worked, it was awesome. Yeah. But it doesn't work anymore because like you said, everybody has to have their own thing. Everybody decided at some point to just take their ball and go home. Yeah. Even when you buy a game on steam, it's going to open. It's more than likely if it's something like if it's made by you, if it's made by 2k guaranteed, it's going to open up their own launcher. Yeah. If it's made by, uh, was it, uh, Blizzard. 
Blizzard or Ubisoft. if it's made by Ubisoft, like it's going to open up their launcher. It's going to open up Battle.net. It's going to open up Ubisoft Connect. And while, yeah, okay, you bought it through one storefront and that made that that purchase simple. It doesn't make it, you know, opening and installing it or playing it more simple because it just adds more layer, one more layer of complication for no reason. And I sit there going, okay, well, that was stupid. So Epic, when you guys, so, so Epic, I ended up having to give into that, but, but you guys sat there fucking draining money into this freaking online store that wasn't being monumentally successful. Well, you can call it a, a success because you have millions of, 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 of users on it. That's great. But those millions of users got on there because you were giving away free games. The majority of people's libraries are made up of games that you gave away for free. I guarantee you, you weren't selling all those games that you were buying up for exclusivity. You weren't selling nearly as many as they were selling on Steam when it came out for Steam later. As evident, and here's the thing. All those developers turn around and try to put their you know, their games on Steam, and then they tried to charge full price for a game that had been out for a year. And the the in a lot of the gaming community told them, "Go shove it up your ass." You had your game out for a year on another platform. I didn't buy it. It's not my fault. It's yours. It's your fault. You didn't come out to this platform. Lower the price. And a lot of them had to within weeks. I think uh, I think it took uh, uh, Hitman Three. A couple of months before they started actually discounting the game. But they still had to discount it. They still had to lower the cost. And even then they tried to screw over their public by making the deluxe edition not include everything from Steam or from uh, uh, Hitman 2. Yeah, uh, just a just a note out to uh, IO uh, Interactive. If uh, if you come out with a bundle that's a trilogy bundle, you include all of the game not just the parts that you want that you that you're willing to give and you want people to pay extra for they parse out their fucking content yeah something that i believe they learned from square enix and speaking of square enix they are bleeding money like crazy and they cannot recover enough money they they cannot recover enough money from final fantasy 16 that they hoped that, that they would do uh in order to make up for the failure that was forespoken and uh, Marvel's Avengers, that was the other one. They can't make enough money. And Marvel's Avengers came out way before. They, so they, that means, the listeners, that they were bleeding money for so long because of Marvel's Avengers that when Forspoken came out, they were really holding on to Forspoken, hoping that was going to make them money. And it didn't because it sucked. And it never got better. And then they came out with uh, Final Fantasy 16, and they lost a lot of players. Why did they lose a lot of players? Because it wasn't Final, it wasn't Final Fantasy to a lot of players. They switched over to more of an action uh, adventure game, which I can understand why people didn't didn't gravitate over over toward it, towards it. The reason why they made it that way is because uh, I can't remember who it was that said it, but basically they made the statement of, oh, well, nobody likes the turn based stuff anymore. Everybody's gravitating towards this kind of style. And we're going to we're going we're gonna to see how this works for us. And that's not what people were expecting. They wanted Final Fantasy. Now they got Final Fantasy in the form of cutscenes because it's 11 fucking hours long. Given that I'm a I'm a Metal Gear Solid Four fan, I'm going to be the last person to ever complain about how many cutscenes you have in a game because I enjoy that stuff. There's a reason that I call it one of my favorite movies. Yeah. So it's it's you know it's one of those things of like I'm not going to criticize you on that, but there are plenty of people who did. 
And there are plenty of people who thought that the game was not up to par for a Final Fantasy title. And I get that. I think that they've they've dropped the ball on so many projects that themselves in hot water. And then on top of that, they go and double down on the NFT bullshit. Like you guys wonder why you're fucking losing out so badly. Why you're entertaining offers on being bought out. Yeah. Hey, you know what they keep on entertaining those offers. Those offers are going to get lower and lower as time goes on with this. Yeah. Uh, They should make another movie. Because it seems like every time they get into a tight spot, they're like, hey, we're bleeding money left and right. And then they make a movie and then they'll make a ton of money back on it. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. So, I mean, and everybody talked shit about uh, Spirits Within. I thought that movie was actually really cool. I love that movie. Yeah, it was awesome. And then uh, Advent Children obviously made money hand over fist. So. So, yeah, guys, just just make another movie. Yeah, it's one, you know, it's it's funny because they, you know, you're I, I don't think you're wrong, but I think the thing that's funny to me is the fact that like Michael's or like Miles said, uh, the fact is the company sits there and acts completely shocked that they're losing money like Epic. Epic was completely shocked that they were losing money hand over fist and that they suddenly had to fire 16 percent of employees. They had to fire him because they were bleeding money. It's it's no fucking it's no fucking mystery to anyone with a brain. To anyone with common sense, they'd look at it and go, look at the industry. Look at how you guys acted. Epic, you grew too fast. You, you, you grew too fast and grew too, too big for your britches. And you thought that, oh, well, we'll just infinite growth. It's going to be it's going to be forever. Fortnite will never die. Fortnite will never go down in profit in profitability. And yet it has. And yet you just kept spending money like crazy. And everyone's going, well, fucking duh. You had to let go of your employees. Jesus Christ. What did you think was going to happen? You look at Square Enix, the same thing. You guys were bleeding money. You were making shitty games. Here's a, here's an idea. Square stop making bad games. Also with your, with your third party studios, stop having the expectation that every game's going to be an MCU movie in profit. It's never going to happen. You guys are not an MCU movie profit making machine. The only games you ever made that made a shit ton of profit were final fantasy seven and final fantasy uh, was final fantasy 10, final fantasy 13. These are games that, that did well because you hadn't been around for, or you, we, we'd been away for a while. 10 made so much money because it was the first final fantasy on the PS two. 13 first First Final Fantasy on the PS3. Thirteen was also uh, the first MMO they did. Uh, Thirteen wasn't. 13 no, was I, I'm thinking of eleven. eleven my bad. The first. Yeah. One. No, you're right. I I remember that wrong. I twelve made a ton of money. Thirteen did 11, very well. Eleven did so well because they were also backed by Sony, and Sony made sure that the game was also on PC. Yeah immediately and this was a time when uh world of warcraft was starting to lose uh player base but people still wanted an mmo and i i know i looked at it myself as yeah se that was that was when that was back when seo was just rocking it yeah but that's sorry listeners that's sony entertainment online but i remember at, at the time i was looking at it as somebody who's getting bored with world of warcraft and i was like man if i could have World of Warcraft style gameplay, but in Final Fantasy, man, that would be awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so they like they they were able to do these things because they were kind of like landmarks, right? <clears throat> Sixteen is the first Final Fantasy, or is not the sorry, is not the first Final Fantasy on the PS5. The first Final Fantasy on the PS5 is the Seven remake. So it's and Seven is a fucking powerhouse of a of 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 a title for the franchise. Most most sold Final Fantasy in history. There will never be a Final Fantasy that will ever touch seven. Why? It's sold on every goddamn platform that's ever existed since it came out. You know, grant, grant, granted, with the exception of, of, of PS2, because uh, the PS2, I mean, it, at this- yeah, it, it just translated over to you had Final Fantasy seven. You could play it on the PS2 because the PS2 could play all PS1 games. So with, with that aside, but when the PS3 came out and digital and, and being able to download games digitally came out, Final Fantasy seven came to PS3. It was they showed off a trailer for it of like, this is what it could look on the PS3. People lost their goddamn minds. It never came out. And Square made the dumb fucking statement of, oh, well, if we ever if 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 a Final Fantasy ever surpasses it in, in sales, which was never going to happen, we'll make a remake of it. And they knew they knew at the time that it was never going to happen because it had sold like fucking crazy on on PS1 had continued its popularity, even to PS2 sold again on the PS3 when they re-released it digitally. And after that, like there, there was no there was no fucking beating. It was just it was never going to happen. And it goes over to PS4 and you you have the same thing. Like people like we really want to see Final Fantasy seven be remade and towards the end of the ps4's life finally that's going to happen and people were losing their goddamn minds and it sold like crazy why because that's what people wanted in the first place so when it came over to the ps5 and they did the uh what is it called is is or is it rebirth is that what they're calling it i can't remember i think so uh they've got they've got the ps5 one that came out it came out with the dlc it has the full story on it, and it sold like crazy. It's the first Final Fantasy on the PS5. Final Fantasy 16 had no fucking chance at that point, comparatively. Now, is Final Fantasy 16 a failure? Not in my opinion. I think Final Fantasy 16 has actually sold relatively well. Is it a failure to Square Enix? Everything compared to Final Fantasy 7 is a failure to Square Enix. It'd be like Bethesda holding every game to the standard of how many copies of Skyrim they sold? Right, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Their their greatest selling game of all time, never. It's n- nothing's ever going to compare. Uh, especially when you're making when they're making games that are personally that are not as good as their games that were coming out eight years ago. So, uh, yeah, they're ne- they're never going to see it. They're never going to see that kind of profitability again. Lightning in a bottle. We'll see how Elder Scrolls Six turns out, but I don't. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think. I think that there's been enough quelled expectations from on Bethesda's end that people aren't gonna aren't gonna be willing to say, "Oh, Elder Scrolls Six, it's gonna be fucking amazing." But that's just me. Hopefully, I'm wrong, and hopefully, the hype gets. You know, hopefully, they build up some hype, and hopefully, what we see when they actually show off the game ends up being more reminiscent of what we expect from Bethesda. But you know. I, I do expect a little bit more because Elder Scrolls is, is set in a world that has tons of different races and stuff like that. And I'm hoping to see more 
life rather than just monsters. Like and what they'll, a, have, what uh, they'll have they'll have had more backing with Microsoft throughout the entirety of this uh, development. True. Yeah. Starfield. Yeah, that's true. Because um, we 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 know the state of how Starfield uh, came when it launched, yeah. like, and it was delayed multiple times. Yeah. Uh, and that was at the behest of Microsoft. So. <laughs> Uh, we can only imagine how much of a train wreck it would have been prior. Yeah, I hopefully, mean, hopefully, yeah, uh, ES six is going to be fucking amazing. But yeah, all I expect is another Bethesda game. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. Uh, I'm just, I'm hoping for the best on it. I'm expecting it to be just as bad as as what I got with Starfield, but uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that at least. Since the pre, since they have other games in the series that have been kind of, that have come out, that they won't make the same mistakes, in my opinion, or you know, from from what I've seen in Starfield. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, the, these companies they just waste they waste all this money, and they're and people are completely dumbfounded by the fact, like, how do you guys not see this? How have you not noticed that this is why you haven't been successful? That this is why you failed? And uh, I mean that. That even translates Uh-oh. over. Fuck <laughs> around to find out. Yeah. That even translates to uh, something that came out. One of the uh, the original uh, creators of Fallout, the 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 original Fallout's, uh, talked about his, some of his experiences in the gaming industry. And one of the experiences that he had was back when they first started out and uh, you know creating Fallout uh, One, they had this this uh, whiteboard, and uh, where they they'd mark down essentially bugs, stuff that needed to be fixed, stuff that needed to be worked on. And and the room would be filled with developers, and developers would go, "I'll take that." They would literally, they would literally point out and say, "I'll I'll I'll do that task." Cut to several years later, and I can't remember what game he said they were working on, but they were working on a game, or they were working on a game. I don't believe it was Fallout Two. I believe it was uh, it was something else. But uh, this is getting into more closer to or much closer to modern gaming development, and. They did. They they were talking about doing the same thing, and he's in a meeting with a bunch of the the seniors and a bunch of the other developers, and he says, you know, well, talks about his experience with Fallout and how they and how they would squash bugs and do like and, and do different tasks and how other people would take on other responsibilities and stuff like that. And he said, what if we did the same thing? And he literally had a developer tell him they would quit if he put up a whiteboard, not his name, but a whiteboard that let him. That, that would that would talk about the things that need to be fixed so that people could volunteer their time to work on stuff. And he said that he would quit and he wasn't the only one. And I sat there going, Jesus Christ, this has been a problem in development for this fucking long. And this happened, uh, I think he said about 15 years ago. Um, and this has been a, this has been around for that fucking long where you had developers turning into these fucking sad sacks of shit that are fucking pan just i there's only only one way to put it they're pussies they're pansies if you're gonna quit over a whiteboard being put up where you could voluntarily say i'm gonna take that task on i'm done with my work i'll help out with this that's gonna make you quit dude who the fuck are these people why do they have their jobs and this goes right back to what i what what i was uh what i had said before of I absolutely 100% agree with this on uh, one of the uh, one of the things that I uh, that I'd caught from a, a clip from Asmongold was 
he was talking about development and he was talking about uh, the issues that Diablo 4 has had and all the problems they've been going into. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that next, but uh, he sat there and he said, you know, I guarantee you eight, nine out of eight, nine out of 10 developers are shit at their job. And I sat there thinking about it for a while. I'm like, you know, he's probably right. Given the amount of developers that have to be involved in certain projects, given the amount of developers that have to be involved in AAA gaming at this point, there is a good likelihood that a large majority of their ter- of them are terrible at their jobs. Because when you compare the shit that used to be pulled off and the risks that used to be taken for games like, and I've brought this up before, God of War to be created, for games like Halo to be made, for stuff like that to make be made in the past, these companies put everything on the line to try and create something that was unique and different and changed their entire industry. And now when that happens with games like Elden Ring, with games like uh, Baldur's Gate 3, and they're not even games that are innovating their entire industry. They're just games that are going back to a lot of the standards that we once had for gaming, the quality that we used to expect. Games were never perfect, even coming up when I was younger in the NES days. Games were never perfect, but they were a hell of a lot more fun and they were a hell of a lot more inventive. And these were from developers that had no clue what the fuck they were doing. They were just trying to see what they could make. And now look at the quality we have now. Not even, not even close. Just feels lazy. So now when developers see things like that, they get scared. They see that and go, oh my God, they're threatening my livelihood because they're showing these, they're showing our, our gamers that we are actually trash at, at what we do. Ubisoft has made the statement of they're going to change things up with with uh, Far Cry 6 or sorry, Far Cry 7. The next Far Cry is going to change things up. They're going to change up the formula because they realize that the formula has become stagnant. They're just now realizing this Far Cry 6. They're they're six games in. They're just now realizing this. They've been making the same game. or I shouldn't say six games in because there's one in between that's not even not even titled. So there's seven games in yet. Yet they're on their seventh seventh numbered actually listeners that's wrong too there's actually eight i forgot about the uh, caveman one the the primeval one or whatever it is uh yeah forgot about that one sorry there's eight eight far cries they're all the same formula uh <laughs> and they're just now realizing that it's stagnated dude you guys need to realize this sooner it happened with assassin's creed it's happening with far cry it's happening with all like there's a reason why people call it the the ubisoft open world formula wait i mean if they would listen to their fans we've been saying that that formula has been pretty tap dry since three now i loved three far cry 3 was an awesome game but by that point we were like okay do something different yeah Far Cry 3 was the last, well, here's the thing. Far Cry 3 was the last one that actually attempted something different with their, with their enemies. Right. Not structure. The structure for the open world is still basically the same thing as Far Cry 2. Yeah. There's no way, no way around that. That's just the way it was. But after they hit three, three was it. Three was the formula they, they stuck with to a T of the, to the point where you were practically getting the same fucking game every single time time yeah which is why i didn't play four five and six and with seven it's not going to be any different and here's why listeners seven their whole the the rumor and i should say this is just a rumor it's just a a possible leak i don't know if this is true or not so take it with a grain of salt the rumor is that far cry seven 
is going to center around the main character has a family and the family gets kidnapped uh, by, you know, by the evil group that's, that's taken them. Now the family is going to get split up and your family members are going to be in different parts of the map and you have to go and rescue them each, you know, one by one and all that stuff. And uh, you're going to be essentially given a, it's going to be somewhat of a, uh, people are expecting a, uh, uh, what's the, what's the game with uh, Frank, uh, not Frank Castle. Oh, that's, that's the Punisher. Uh, what's, what's his name? The, uh, the, it's, it's the Capcom game with the zombies. Uh, Dead, Ri- yeah, Dead Rising. I think that was oh. Dead Rising. Yeah. Uh, it's going to have the, the, a time mechanic like Dead Rising where you literally have a certain amount of time in game where you have to get this, this task ac- accomplished in order to get the ending or in, get, in order to get the good ending, I should say. Um, so people are expecting that. But here's the thing. That's the only thing that's going to be different is the time aspect, if that's true. Because what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to take over the area, take over the region, take over all the little bases, fight the boss of the region to save your family member. Rinse and repeat. That is the exact same formula they currently have for every Far Cry. I won't play you the game o- based on the time you mechanic. Take o- yeah, you take, you take over the region, <laughs> you fight the boss, the region is yours, move on to the next one. That is literally every Far Cry, every Far Cry game that's ever existed. That's how Avatar is going to be played. That's, that's even how Ghost Recon works. That's how Ghost Recon works. You take over the area, you fight the boss, you, lead, you go to the next area. And that's, that's how it's done. This is the Ubisoft open world formula. That is no different by saying that, oh, it's different because you have the different family members moved over and the time aspect. That's the same thing just with a time limiter. That's it. That's that's just the same exact game with extra steps. Now, what are these people doing? Whoa, 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 people. Uh, It's time for some hands on engine repair. All right, Morty, hold on to something. Holy crap! I thought we were inside your car battery, Rick! This is like a whole planet or something! Thanks, Morty. I'm pretty proud of this bad boy. Check it out. I put a spatially tessellated void inside a modified temporal field until a planet developed intelligent life. I then introduced that life to the wonders of electricity, which they now generate on a global scale. And you know, some of it goes to power my engine and charge my phone and stuff. You have a whole planet sitting around making your power for you? That's slavery! It's society. They work for each other, Morty. They pay each other. They buy houses. They get married and make children that replace them when they get too old to make power. That just sounds like slavery with extra steps. Ooh la la, someone's gonna get laid in car. And you think, and and people are praising it, saying that this is going to be different. I heard that shit and lost my fucking mind because I sat there going, you guys cannot, you, you, your fans cannot be this dumb. If this is, if this actually comes true, your fans cannot be this dumb and actually believe that this is different. This is the equivalent of people thinking that Assassin's Creed Valhalla is a different formula from Odyssey is a different formula from origins. It's the same fucking game. Just a different location. That that's that's not that's not changing things up. That's not making anything better. So you see that stuff and you go, oh, these developers are afraid to take risks. They're afraid to do new things. They want to go with what they know will absolutely make them money. And that makes sense from a business standpoint, but at the same time, from a gamer standpoint, it becomes stagnant. And the gaming industry doesn't move on. And instead, the people who are moving the needle and making things better and making things more inventive and making things awesome and cool for the rest of us are the indies, which is why a lot of them are thriving. Because and a lot of these uh, indie videos that popped up 
are veterans that got tired of the bullshit from AAA developers that they worked for. Yeah. And went and made their own studio. Yeah, they won't <laughs> let me make my game, so I'm going to go and make my game. They won't let me do this in this game. They won't let me implement this this something new and fantastic in this game. I'm going to go Wait, and I'm going to do that. There's almost no original fucking developers anymore in fucking BioWare. From yeah, their yeah, golden I mean, they're, era. <laughs> their 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 upper their upper leadership is is completely fucking bamfed out. They're all out. They're they're all gone. Um I mean their their original lead one of their lead creatives recently left. We had talked about this on a previous cast, but one of their lead creatives had left and and that's that's in the middle of that's in the middle of all the stuff for for freaking dragon age that keeps coming out like delays how crappy the game is playing how crappy the game is doing and this is from people who are playing the betas these are their testers saying the game is shit yeah concept art that they came out with was like the first thing that they showed like this is not impressive at all no no i and here's here's the sad here's the saddest part about it I think this will be the death nail for Bioware. I'm, I think, I'm honestly surprised they're still alive, but yeah, yeah, I absolutely. Um, they've they've already had to let they've recently had to let go of a lot of people at Bioware in the middle of trying to create a a title that's supposed to be essentially the the comeback for the studio. Uh, but Bioware is the, I mean, it's a former shell of itself. I thought they were dead after uh, they gave up on Anthem. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're gonna totally fix it and support this game for years. And well, yeah. technically, it did right. because it closed down an entire studio of theirs that was created specifically <laughs> just for Anthem. And um, they turned around and gave up on it anyways. Like, all right, well, you've already shown what your uh, priorities are. Yep. Yeah. Uh, trying to jump on, and and this is the thing: there, these developers are trying to. They try to jump on these trends. They try to jump on the bandwagon of trying to make the next destiny, making the next, this, making the next, that instead of going, what if we just said, screw it and made our own game and just had, had a good time, made something we actually want to make. Why do you like listeners? Why do you think Redfall was made? A lot of people keep giving or keep blaming Microsoft for Redfall being made and pushed on arcane. I don't believe that for a second in all honesty. I think Microsoft was all on board when they are first, when they first purchased Bethesda but that game was in development before Microsoft came into the picture. Long before. Unless unless someone at Arcane can correct that can can correct that that narrative that I've heard. Uh that is that is the 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 truth right now. That is what is being told based off of the facts that are presented before us is that Microsoft didn't push this game. They were on board for it because they thought it was going to be a great money maker because it was being made by a veteran studio that People that that had while not had acclaimed success in all of their in all of their titles, they have had some success and do have a a pretty good following. I mean, as much as I give shit to Arcane, as much as I don't like them as a developer, I can't knock the fact that they do create a fan base based off of their styles and based off of the the, the kinds of gameplay that they've presented. They have a plenty. They have plenty big fan base to to make their games, if not successful, gain pace. And gain eventually gain more gamers. So the idea of a games as a service title for them involving vampires and all that stuff sounds kind of right up their alley. Like, okay, you could actually do this, except for the fact of the games as a service part. That was the part that never matched up with the studio. Had this been a single player 
open world experience, it would have probably been a very different kind of game. Even if, even if they had made it just a co-op open world experience where that's, and that's the only aspect of it, not a game as a service, just a co-op open world experience where you go through a campaign with your friends. That would have been a very different kind of game than what you got. But instead, Zenimax, Bethesda, they were the, they're the parent company. They're the ones telling the developers, you're going to make this. Arcane lost a huge chunk of their studio during the development of that game. They kept leaving because the game wasn't anything that they were proud of. And the game wasn't anything that they were willing to say, this is an arcane game. They sat there going, this is shit. We shouldn't be making this. We don't want to make this. So they left. You're seeing the same thing from Bioware. You're seeing the same thing happen at Blizzard. Blizzard's old guard is gone. The actual development team that's there is the, the in fact, Diablo four right now is being handed off completely over to their seasonal uh, team. So not even the developers that started working on it are, are working on the game now. Which might be for the best. I don't know. Considering the majority of the developers that are working on the game to begin with weren't veterans in the first place. So you look at Diablo 4, and this is getting into my Diablo 4 dis- discussion. Diablo 4 has fallen tremendously in just players. They, so there's this article, this number that gets floated around, and I don't know if it's actually accurate. It says that there's, there were 6 million, there were 6 million players at one point in Diablo 4. A lot of people say they, don't believe, they, they can't believe that number. I can believe it. It sold 10 million copies in its first week. The game sold 10 million copies in its first week. I think that there is a good chance at some point that 6 million players was their cap, that that happened in one day and then dropped to a, to a more believable oh. average. Yeah, you know, probably something like uh, 28% of those were in queue. True story. <laughs> so I think, I think the reality of that is that it was never 6 million concurrent players. I think it was 6 million players in one day and then it dropped to something a lot more believable. Now, if you told me there was 2 million, 3 million, okay, I could believe that. But they have lost the majority of their players. The majority of the cells, the 10 million cells that they've made that, of that game has dropped to, I think they said has dropped by like 98%. Something crazy like that. It might be 92. I might be, I, listeners, I'm pulling that, that number a little bit out of my ass because I can't remember the article that I read. I apologize. Um, it was in the 90th percentile though when they said it and I was like, holy shit, that's a huge drop. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it was 6 million, it, it could be 2 million. That's a huge drop in your player base. That means that your player base just isn't playing. And a lot of people are saying, oh, well it's, uh, it's because the game sucks and the, and all this stuff. And I'm sure that a lot of it has to do with how the game progresses and people not liking it. I think it more has to do with the fact of, sta- of the stagnation of, of, of a season. You know, their their player base isn't really like the seasonal stuff. And it also doesn't really help that one of their seasons was basically just a bunch of bug fixes. And that they called that a seasonal drop that that's not good. Hardcore mode has the problem with the fact that since it's online all the time, if you get knocked offline, you lose your character. I think hardcore mode in that game is stupid to begin with. So because uh, you don't get you, you don't get enough benefits to, to justify it. Just play the game regularly and, and go with the uh, the world tiers and, and just have a good time because there's there's just there's no incentive to want to play hardcore. There's it's just not there. The problem I, I think is that's really happening is people are seeing the season. They're like, you know, I'll play it when the season drops. I'll play for a little bit for a little bit. 
I'll see what it's like, see how the season goes. If I'm not liking it, I'll drop out. That's happening on all games as a service. That's happened on Destiny for years. Some yeah, seasons I mean, suck, and they lo- and they lose a lot of their players. That's how you guys would always play. The new season would come out. You guys would play for like a week, and then go, ah, the season blows. We'll just come yeah, back in a I'll, month or two. I'll come back later. I'll come back when they have more. Yeah, I'll come back when it's actually worth my time. Um, now that they do the, now that they actually, you know, once once the all the seasons are done, the next DLC drops, and you can't play the previous seasonal content. That's limited how much extra game you used to get uh, from the game. Because back when Miles and I jumped back in was after forsaken it hit they'd they'd had several seasons and two dlcs i think at the time when when we had come back and we had so much stuff to do and so much activities to do because of previous seasons and seasonal content that it was awesome it was like getting a full game again it's fucking great and that trickled off and now that seasons now you know, completely cancel out after the next DLC drops. You don't get any of that extra story that was back there. It's kind of crap. And there's no point in it, like it for, for at least for us, at least for me, there's no point in going back into the game again, because I can't experience a full fledged title again. I can only experience the DLC that's dropped and the season that's coming with it. And that's not fun. That's not enough game for me. That's not enough enjoyment for me. And I don't care enough about the grind in order to continue playing it. And I think that a lot of people feel the same way about, uh, about Diablo. They've done the main campaign. They've gone through a couple of seasons and they're sitting there going, ah, it's not worth it. It's not worth my time. It's not worth my effort. I don't care. So they hit the, the, you know, what is it? Level like 50, uh, or like 40 or 50 level, you know, uh, level at the, at the time. And they go, all right, well, it was fun getting here. And then when things start to slow down, they go, I'm not going to do the grind. Fuck it. I'm out. So they leave. They'll come back next season. They'll have another, you know, bump up and people coming back and then it'll drop again. And that's going to be the way that this, this stuff goes. Now, having that big of a drop in your player count is, yeah, that's just, that's just, that's hugely significant. And I won't ignore the fact that that's legit, a legitimate concern, but I don't think that I don't think anything's going to change uh, from I don't think from from Blizzard's side of things. I don't think anything's going to change for the betterment of the game. And I think that just like every other studio, they're afraid to do something new or different. I mean, Jesus Christ, look, look at Overwatch 2. Overwatch 2 is a tr- fucking dumpster fire. It's so bad that they're going to that there's a rumor right now from Blizzard that they're going to go back and revamp Overwatch 2 into just being Overwatch 1 again. And continue with the, you know, continue with the few uh, little things that they've done with Overwatch 2. And that makes me laugh because I sat there going, why would you, why did you make two in the first place? It brings me back to Destiny 2 when we had that conversation of why'd you make Destiny 2 in the first place? Originally, when they told us like, Oh, there's no way we could have done the same things from Dest- or in Destiny 2 and Destiny 1 because of all the different changes and stuff like that. And now when you look at it and you go, oh, it's still using the Tiger engine. It's still using the same engine that was used back with Halo. Yeah. Granted, it's improved, but it's improved in the same fashion that the creation engine gets, gets beefed up of it's duct taped and glued together in a different fashion. And, it's, and it can do a few more things. Okay, well, I, I won't argue the fact that Destiny one doesn't look as good as Destiny two. I've I've seen them side by side. Destiny two looks better. 
that's great. That's from a graphical standpoint, but there's no reason why the engines couldn't, why the engine from two couldn't do or couldn't bring over all of the content from destiny one into destiny two and just have it continue to be destiny. It seems to me like all you needed to do is relaunch the game with the new engine and have people download, redownload the game and just do destiny two as an actual DLC. Granted, a, it would have been a, a, a big buy-in, but I think people would have gone with it and been like, yeah, this is actually going to be cool. This is going to be a new, an entirely new campaign. It's going to be a big expansion. This will be awesome. And then you'd have this big continuous universe. But the reason why they couldn't do that was because in reality, it turns out that the engine doesn't handle being a large size. It doesn't handle very, it doesn't handle very well with the games as a service aspect. Interesting how your game engine doesn't handle being a games as a service when it's a games as a service. So in other words, listeners, it can't, it can't infinitely grow like uh, world of Warcraft. Uh, you guys might remember back when world of Warcraft was having one of their expansions, they had to have uh, a big changeover with part of the engine. That's why world of Warcraft classic was gone for a long time. Uh, they've brought it back. They now have world of Warcraft classic again, but you couldn't have it because it, the game, the the game engine at the time couldn't handle that. It couldn't hand handle infinite expansion, infinite growth, and that's the problem with games as a service. It can't handle games as a service. It can't handle infinite growth. Most of these engines aren't designed around any of that. So when the game gets to a too large of a size, you end up starting seeing more fuckery, more fuck ups, more problems with the servers, more problems with the game, more issues with AI, more issues with just the game in general, whether it be glitches that you're finding, workarounds, being able to to modify weapons the way like in the in the forge, being able to to combine weapons that you should never be able to combine on their abilities. I've watched videos of that glitch. That's not supposed to be there. But this is what happens when the game becomes so big that it becomes unstable. And that's what you're seeing is games becoming unstable. So this brings me back to does games as a service, should games as a service even exist anymore? Should you continue to invest in that stuff? I mean, I know I'm not the only one, but I, anytime I see games as a service pop up on a new game coming out, I just avoid it like the plague. Yeah. I, it, because all I see there is, hey, we want more of your money, so we're going to drip feed you content and charge you $40 every... Oh, I got a little more that time. Yeah. Oh, I got a little more this time. Oh, it's a little bit. Yeah, it could be the best game ever coming out, but as soon as I see... There's two things that I avoid as soon as I see it. Always online and uh, games as a service. Yeah, developers are, are, the, are the guy holding the water bucket while the rest of us are sitting in the Sahara Desert. Yeah. Waiting for a drop. Yeah, and... <laughs> in that scenario i'd rather die of dehydration than you know <laughs> it's it's one of the it, it's it's one of the symptoms of uh what like what i was discussing uh, discussing of the fact of like the the lack of risk taking the lack of accountability the lack of you know it's the lack of risk the lack of the lack of accountability is is the fact that like developers don't want to take on tasks that they'd assign themselves to it. So they don't volunteer to do anything better. They don't volunteer to fix things. 
It's always, we'll fix it in post. We'll fix it later. That's not my problem. That's your problem. This is the problem with the, with the gaming industry. Is there any wonder why AAA gaming is failing? Why it's fallen so far? Why we look so fondly on games that came out in the past that, that weren't perfect, but they give, us, they give us rose-colored glasses because it was so much better. Even with their bugs, it was better. And then what's happening now? Because we're getting unfinished games. We're getting games that are just complete shit in some cases. And it always seems like it's the same story. And all the, de- and all the developers want to tell us is, oh, you need to feel sorry for us because development's hard. You know what's also hard? Listeners, think about this. Think about your job. Think about anyone else's job. Think about the jobs that are difficult out there in the world. It's all of them. Everyone's life is hard. Everyone's life is difficult. Jobs are not easy. Not everyone gets to be the CEO of a company. Not everyone gets paid millions of dollars. Uh, a, a fire, you know, a, a uh, you know, uh, a firefighter has to go in and risk his life, knowing that he's going to risk his life. He gets paid accordingly. A police officer goes in saving people's lives, is, is there to save people's lives to protect the peace and, 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 and enforce the law. Nine times out of 10, that, fire, that firefighter is getting paid 10 times what he is and will never see the inside of a burning house. Or rarely it'll happen. And that firefighter will get paid more than a cop. Life's hard. You think that cop comes home anytime, any anytime during the day, if he's a gamer and sits down at the game and wants to hear a, a developer bitch about how hard their fucking life is after they've ta- after they've pulled a shift? No, none of us do. So I'm tired of the have empathy for me, sympathize with my with my feelings, and I'm going to say this to every developer out there: fuck you. I don't care about your life. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care how difficult development is. You are not the only person in the world. Do your fucking job. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Like, we all know development's hard. We all know of it. Everyone's job is fucking hard. When you go, when you go to go pick up a sandwich or you go to go get something to eat, do you want to hear the cook come out and bitch to you about how hard his day was about why your food isn't ready? Do you want to hear him bitch about how, how difficult it was to make your meal? No, you want him to do his fucking job and give you your food. That's all you're there for. Yeah. I'm there for a simple exchange. I am willing to trade you money for food. And that's exactly it. I want my money's worth. I want what was promised to me. Not here's, here's a car. It doesn't have any doors. Those will come later. What about the wheels? Those are DLC. This is the shit you're giving us. And this is why the AAA industry, we expect nothing from you. We expect you to continue to give us shit while you struggle to figure out why you're losing money. Why you're losing fans, why you're develop, why, why, why your fans aren't coming back to your games, why your fans are sitting there going, all right, that's the Ubisoft formula, why they're, they're brushing you aside saying that you are nothing but formulaic. You are the same shit every time. This is why 
because we don't expect anything from you. I don't understand how I'm not making as much money as I did with my other games. I raised the price ten dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that I mean that that was that you know that was something that made me laugh was when that uh, the uh the CEO from 2K sat there and said or sorry not not 2K uh Take 2 sat there and said that they haven't seen any uh any blowback from the raising of prices but they've sold less games. They've sold less games than they have in the past after the price increase, but they haven't seen any blowback from the price increase. You literally have seen it it that is the blowback dumbass <laughs> your price increase created less of an audience because people can't afford the extra ten dollars that extra ten dollars is a lot for a gamer you don't seem to understand that it's a lot for your audience why because that means that throughout the year if every game that they let, let's say they bought six games a year it's sixty dollars if you change that to $70, suddenly it becomes five it becomes five games a year. Why? Oh, because you you took away their ability to buy that sixth game. So your game is that sixth game. Your game, when it doesn't sell as many, is that sixth game for that gamer that can't afford that because they had to buy $70 per title of games throughout the year on other stuff that they wanted to play. And they couldn't wait for. So they can wait on yours. Listeners, it comes down to basic, just basic economics and math. You know, 70 times six, that's $420. 70 times five, that's 350 bucks. 60 times six, that's 360 bucks. So by not getting that extra game, they're saving themselves $10 per year, but they're getting less games for nearly the same price that they were paying for six games for a year. So yeah, that's basically what it comes down to. If a person was getting six games per year, they're now getting five games per year because it saves them $10. They're getting one less game, but that's just what happens. So he's seeing the direct blowback. He's witnessing it and he's still denying it. This is a denial of reality. And yet he gets to accept his truth. This is why people laugh at the whole, it's my truth nonsense. You get it now? Why? Because it's convenient. And he gets to continue to say, oh, well, we haven't seen any blowback. It's, it's fine. The $70 price isn't an issue. Clearly it is if you're not making as much money. Clearly it is if you're not making as many sales as you were before. The population hasn't suddenly decreased. The amount of gamers hasn't suddenly decreased. If anything, gaming is more popular than it's ever been. Fucking idiot. While you try to figure out why am I not making any more money? Why is it why is it we're not making any more money in the industry than they were last year? But the mobile industry is taking off. Oh well, that's because people who play mobile games are fucking stupid. <laughs> and it, listeners, if you're if you're a mobile gamer and you're listening to this, and you you're sitting there going, "How dare he? Have you ever played Diablo Immortal? Have you bought one thing? Have you paid for anything through mobile transactions?" Yeah, you're you're the reason why they think mobile is the future is because they think they can rake you guys through the coals and you guys accept it. You don't have you don't have a gamer mentality of telling a developer to go pound sand. 
if you did, you wouldn't be doing, you, you wouldn't have given in to Candy Crush. If you did, you wouldn't be giving in, you know, and, and I'm not saying this is you specifically listeners. I'm saying that think about mobile gamers in general. There's a reason why the mobile gaming industry is the most profitable industry in the entire gaming spectrum. Uh, effort. Well, that, and they hit a market that hasn't been used to, you know, being nickeled and dimed to death. Like, well, no, older gamers tend to, that, that's the, the, that's slightly wrong They're That's the, that's the difference. They're used to it. The mobile gamers are used to being nickeled and dimed to death. That's the thing we weren't. Well, and that's what I'm saying. And is, that's why we, that's why loot boxes, all that stuff didn't work on us. Loot boxes were in candy crush. Loot boxes were in tons and tons of games from their, from their, their very inception on mobile platforms. But mobile gamers instantly gave into it because they had nothing else to judge it off of. They had nothing to go off of. Like a lot of them, so many of them weren't console gamers. They weren't PC gamers. They had nothing to base or give a base of this is what should be expected for my money. That's why I'm looking forward to what happens when Capcom brings out Resident Evil. uh, Because they're going to be making Resident Evil 4 for mobile platforms and it runs on an iPhone. Uh, it looks great on the iPhone, but they're going to be bringing actual full-fledged console PC releases on mobile mobile platforms at full price. I'm curious what the reaction will be. Will will mobile gamers be upset at the at the initial cost of of the buy-in, or will they accept the buy-in and be completely shocked and taken back by the fact of wait, I get a full game with this? This is the only thing I ever have to pay you, and it's and it's. There's nothing else. I don't have to pay for loot boxes. I don't have to pay. I don't have to pay for, for extra guns. I don't have to pay for ammo. I don't have to pay for any of this extra stuff because that should be the mentality. But I'm curious if they will go, I'm not buying a full fledged game. $60 is too high. It should be free. And I should just be over monetized on the little things because that's how the mobile every time you reload. Yeah, (laughs) that's, that's because that's how, because that's how the mobile gaming industry has been for so long. I'm curious to find out what happens with that. Will it be hugely successful and completely changing the mobile ga- gaming landscape or landscape so that they finally are in the same mentality as the rest of us gamers where they finally go, holy shit, we have been getting fucked for years, which is how they should react. That's how you listeners. If you're a mobile gamer, that is exactly how you should react. You should be looking at your mobile games and going, Jesus Christ, they've been trying to, they've been trying to nickel and dime me to death with every single one of my games and looking at the, the gaming industry as a whole and going, this shouldn't be the case. I should be getting full fledged games. When I pay you anything, it should be the full game. If you want to, if you want extra money for support or anything like that, okay, that's fine. It should be optional. It shouldn't feel like this is the incentive in order to make progress. Like it was with Diablo immortal Diablo immortal literally made it where yeah we want whales and they've made a shit ton of money off of that the you never you didn't hear you didn't hear about the the great collapse of of diablo immortal no what you heard of was streamers getting pissed off and gamers getting pissed off but the mobile market's still good why because you have a lot of people who are too dumb to know any better because these people never went and played diablo and went wait a minute I paid $60 and I got all of the game and I can upgrade my character completely with loot that I get in the game. 
And I didn't have to pay extra for it. And I didn't have to pay extra for it. And I can still reach max level? Yes. Like, could you imagine explaining that to somebody who's only who's only played Diablo Immortal? Their brain would explode with what the fuck? What have I been doing? You've been wasting your money. That's what you've been doing. You've been giving an evil, evil company that knew it could take advantage of you tons and tons of cash because you were too dumb to know any better. You were being a payer, not a player. <laughs> yeah. So that's what that's what I'm I'm curious to see. Will that actually happen? Personally, I think it's going to come down to it's just not going to be as popular on a phone because you have mobile gamers are, I think, primarily in it for a quick run experience. They want just fast, easy. What what do I have to do to get from A to B? They don't want a long, drawn out experience on a phone. And that's just that's just my personal that's my my personal thought on it. I could be absolutely one hundred percent wrong, and I hope I am. I hope that I hope this is something that gets other gets their the the mobile gamers to wake up and realize that they've been getting screwed for years. But listeners, if you ever want to know, that's that's if you ever want to know if you're a mobile gamer and you're listening to us and you're wondering why the average gamer doesn't see you as a gamer, that's why. Because we know that you've been spending all of your you, that we we know that the majority of you, not you intent, not you, you know, definitively, because I don't know you, but I'm saying you people, but you people, but you people. <laughs> yeah. We know that generally the mobile gaming market, the reason why they've made so much money off of it so long is because you guys just keep handing over money like like it's fucking going out of style. In some cases, yeah. Yeah, some cases, some of you have gone into complete, you know, in absolute crippling debt just to have a mobile game which yeah, is there's, there's addiction mechanics built into a lot yeah of you know it's not to say that uh pc gaming's not to you know not to blame for anything i mean pc gamers plenty you know plenty of times pc gamers have given their their money to tons of stupid shit same with console gamers but microtransactions free-to-play predatory mechanics you know, lower quality standards overall, all of this stuff spawned from the mobile gaming industry. All of it's infected our entire industry now. I mean, what do you like? Where do you think? I mean, where, where do you guys think that loot boxes came from? If you're a mobile gamer, loot boxes came from mobile gaming. It didn't come from PC gaming. It wasn't originally something that was in it was in console gaming. It was in mobile games. They had loot boxes in mobile games and you guys would pay for them. And that's what started this nonsense. And then somebody said, hey, this can translate over to consoles. This can, this can translate over to PCs. We're, we should start bringing this into our AAA de- you know, game development. We can make more money. And if you're curious where, where these microtransactions, these loot boxes, all this stuff, these predatory acts came from, it came from casinos. Because studies on casinos and how slot machines work and the endorphins it releases when people press the button for a slot machine or pull that crank or anything like that, that's where that comes from. It comes from slot machine mechanics. It comes from gambling mechanics. That's why people say it's gambling, not really gambling by the purest definition, but it absolutely uses the same psychological tendencies and the same psychological makeup that makes up why gambling is, is is so huge and exists in the first place. And it tries and triggers the same brain, same chemical responses in your brain to get you to continue to spend more money. That's why mobile gaming is such a fucking disaster. That's why it was such a disaster for all of gaming in the end and why I hate mobile games. 
It's why I can't stand anytime somebody says that they're a mobile gamer. You're not a gamer. You just play mobile phone games. You're the reason my industry sucks. You're the reason why my games have been sucking for years now and have been getting worse and worse and worse and why the AAA industry is fucking collapsing in on itself. Otherwise, we wouldn't have developers sitting there saying, telling another developer, hey, or telling everybody else, don't look to this game as a benchmark for for the rest of us because you're just going to be disappointed. That would have never happened 10 years ago. No, you would have you would have seen developers giving them, you know, uh, kudos saying great job, you know, congratulations on the release. That's it. So I don't know if this this Resident Evil will do anything to help that or, or alleviate that or get mobile gamers to wake up or anything like that. I highly doubt it. But I mean, um, my whole thing with it is that's it's kind of a long game to be played yeah. only on a phone. And that, yeah, that's and that's that the way I see it. Is after forty minutes of aiming on it, yeah, <laughs> that's that's why that's why I made the statement of like I think they're I I don't know if I don't think it's going to do well not just because of the the price, but because I think that it's it's just one of those games where they're just not going to want to play it on the phone. Yeah, and it's asking too much of a mobile gamer, right? And I mean, like I I bought uh, Kotor on yeah. my phone and it cost me ten bucks, and I mean it was fine when you know I was you know, in class and we had nothing to do. It's fine to, you know, dick around on for 10, 20 minutes or so. But again, it's too long of a game. I never finished it. On yeah. Mobile. If I was in the military and on deployment and this is the only entertainment I had. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. That makes Fucking sense. Duh. But, <laughs> but, you know. but for the average person, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I get it. But I mean, it would be interesting. Yeah. I I'm interested to see how it'll do. Yeah. Uh, it'll if those metrics are ever released and they ever show like what happened with it or if it ever makes any money or does really well i'd really like to see i'd like to see something like that shake up the community but i don't think i don't think it's going to happen uh anyways uh that was the the longest rant of going from one thing to the next to the next to the next that we've uh, that we've had in a while uh going on to other stuff um do you guys have anything? Uh, I mean, there was there was the Xbox leak. Uh, the Xbox Series X is going to be going to a digital only. It looks like as a possibility based off of the leaks to uh, was it the FTC or the F the FAA? I didn't I didn't follow up the, the, but yeah, not the FAA. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, brain. How are you? It's good to see you. No, it was it's got to be the the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, <laughs> Listeners, I'm sorry. My just shaking my head and just like I'm just gonna like I'm gonna I'm we're done. Thanks for listening <laughs> to us. <laughs> like that's where I'm at. Um, no, it was the uh, it was the leaks from within Microsoft that came out uh, about the uh, the plans that they had. Like one was like a new haptic controller that they're looking at having. Uh, with a better wireless connection, and the other thing that was the uh, that was the big the big news was the uh, new Xbox Series X, which is same as the old Xbox Series X with a few improvements, more uh, uh, energy efficient, um, and in the shape of a tube. It's cylindrical, and uh, I went all right. Well, uh, I well, noticed that the, it doesn't have a drive. Had the uh, Xbox Mini fridge. Now they got to go into the other plant have the xbox air purifier 
air purifier. So it, maybe that's why they had to get in charge or uh, <laughs> get in touch with the FAA is they needed uh, advice on how to make it more aerodynamic. More aerodynamic. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> it has to fly. Uh, it's going to become a drone. Um, <laughs> so they showed off the the so they showed off the plans for the xbox series x and s the s is basically staying the same just it's going to have you know usb uh, c in the front uh it's going to have a few a uh, few improvements internally more memory or not more memory uh, more uh uh drive space so a larger ssd same with the series uh x it's supposed to have a two terabyte uh drive in it and uh, the biggest thing for me was noticing that it didn't have a have a disk drive on it, and uh, that says that they are going to be going full forward with the uh, digital future and heading towards the X Cloud uh, by probably the end of this generation. Um, oh, we 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 had the uh, conversation many uh, podcasts back of uh, you think you're going to do any more mid steps? They kind of say that they're not going to. I'm like, we're going to do mid steps. <laughs> That's not a mid step, though. Will be by the time it comes out. No, it's not. It's it's not a mid step. <laughs> it's not. It's not an improvement. A uh, mid step is an improvement. This is this is just slightly more efficient. Everything else is staying the same. It's the same same power or like same uh, same same uh, GPU, same CPU. It's not not improving in speed or 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 capability. Uh, it's the same thing. So. Uh, there, there's no, there's absolutely zero reason for the Xbox Series X to to have as have a midstep. Microsoft hasn't made enough money off of the console to begin with uh, to justify it because they they are massively underselling uh, PlayStation. Uh, on top of that, the Xbox Series S is over. It has sold way more than the Xbox Series X, so their next big play is to try and push uh, the X Cloud and get people moved over to that, especially with the Series S. Because the Series S is holding back, I, I shouldn't say like yeah, the Series X isn't really holding back all development. We already know how that how that works with PC, but right. it's it's holding back. Uh, I think their overall plans on what they wanted for the Xbox Series X. They I think they wanted. I think the problem was with the uh, when the pandemic hit and everything like that, and all the shipping bullshit that took place and the fact that they could make more series S's than series X at the time, uh, that screwed things up a lot because people were buying the series S instead of the series X, which is what their main goal was to, to push that console. Um, so I think now that's kind of forced their hand of like, okay, we're going to have to push forward the, uh, the X cloud of, yeah, you're no longer going to have a, single console that plays the game locally, you're going to be playing from a cloud in the future. Um, you know, along with uh, the, the overall success of uh, game pass, uh, everybody keeps talking about how oh, game Pass has, has stagnated and, and leveled off. And while I've seen, I've seen articles on that. I've also seen the, uh, the, from the Xbox leak, they reported that they, that they had a massive increase of X of uh, game pass users. So, I don't know which one's the actual accurate one, but I think that it's, I think game pass is going to be one of those, you know, it's going to be a fluctuating subscription based off of uh, what we've seen from other subscription companies, like our subscription based companies. So, um, but just to, you know, just to clarify the listeners, the series S is not holding back development. I, I've already had this discussion with another friend, friend of mine, Brandon, he's been on the podcast before. Um, 
<clears throat> it's it's not holding back development in in the least. It's in reality what's holding back development is developers. The the one the lack of talent. It's not it's just not there. The amount of developers that would create and innovate tricks and stuff like that in order to get away with certain things on older hardware that could would literally at the time if you presented to them what the finished product would look like, they would tell you that's not possible on this console. God of War three was not possible on the PS3, yet they somehow made that work. And it worked beautifully. The same thing goes for tons and tons of games. These are the industry innovators that are no longer there. So now you have a lot of fresh faces and stuff like that within the industry that just don't have that talent. It's gone. So the S, the only thing the Series S is really doing is it's making development harder for the developers because they can't just go balls out and just do whatever the fuck they want and make this completely unoptimized monstrosity to put on the Series X that will barely run on the Series X like Alan Wake. I mean, I've seen that game. There's there's no fucking way that game's going to run super well on the series X without having to use FSR or DLSS. It's absolutely nuts. When you look at that thing, you're like, wow, that's, that looks like that's going to require a lot of graphical power. So you thinking that thing's going to run on a series S. Okay. That thing's going to be running at, if you're lucky, it's going to be running at 1080p with FSR and DLSS, which means it's going to be rendering at 540p. Congratulations. You're back to games being rendered below the 360. You're back to being you're back to games being rendered below what the PS3 was capable of and looking like shit and having to be up by FSR and DLSS in order for it to be comprehensively looking looking OK on your screen. And in this case, listeners, it'll only be FSR. Because it's it's an AMD GPU, so only FSR, not, not even the benefits of DLSS and everyone's going to justify saying, oh, it's fine. Let me tell you something. Uh, I thought, and I, and I started seeing this with Remnant too. The moment you see a developer say FSR DLSS required in their system specs, the moment that happens in any development, you know that game is unoptimized shit. It's not that the game is absolutely bad. It just means it's unoptimized. It's not going to run super well. It's not going to run very uh, streamlined on your system. Why? Because they decided to throw everything else in it and not have, and just say, damn the consequences. They're looking <clears throat> They're looking at FSR and DLSS as a crutch. They're using them as a crutch. It is absolutely one of those things where you can, they can say, oh, we don't have to optimize any of this. We don't have to do any of the tricks, any of the stuff that we would have to do with older consoles to make this stuff work and make it run smoothly. Instead, we can just use FSR and DLSS as a crutch for shitty development, for lazy development. And that's where we're at. You know, FSR and DLSS were literally meant originally to give some more longevity to older graphics cards. In the case of DLSS, it was a way to make sure ray tracing could actually be implemented because ray tracing is such a fucking beast to run on any graphics card. And now they're being used as tools for development. That's not a tool, man. You guys are literally using this as a crutch. You're lean on this to make sure the experience is just okay. If it weren't being used as a crutch, you wouldn't have games like Immortals of Avium coming out on PC where even running it on an RTX 2080 Ti, that card is no slouch barely able to hit 30 40 fps like that's fucking insane that's lunacy and i'm not talking at like 4k you know, we're we're talking about maybe 1080p 1080p and being rendered at half that with dlss implemented that 
I, I should say with FSR, because I don't think DLSS was actually implemented to begin with. But still, it, it, that's fucking nuts. That is absolutely insane that this is what development has come to, that this is what gaming has come to. If they're really concerned about optimization or you know consoles holding them back, they would be doing things like what Larian Studios did with uh, Baldur's Gate 3, which they've gone to Microsoft and said, hey, look, this feature, Couch Co-op, does not work in our game on your console this series s it's too weak the system is just too weak to handle it so we're going to have to ask you to to cut that feature because there's no way we can make it work and keep decent quality standards but it'll work on the xbox series x microsoft turned around and said okay yeah just cut that feature for the series s and we're fine with it get the game done get it out the door we want it on our system microsoft would do this with every developer that sat there and said we can't run this feature on the series s and they already do. They do it with graphical features that don't work on the Series S, even within their, within their own first-party development. Forza Horizon, or Forza Horizon 5 has ray tracing. Do you think the ray tracing works the same way on the Series S as it does on the Series X? It doesn't. Do you think they have the same graphical capabilities? They don't. So to sit there and say that, oh, it has to be the same across the board, that's an impossible task. The developers already know that. So the thing that they're actually griping about is the fact that they're having to make two games essentially at the same time. And what they're having to do is implement the things they used to implement on PCs, which is settings are turned off for the lower system and settings are turned on for the higher system. I don't blame them for the fact that they don't want to do the extra development because they just got off a cycle where they had to do the same thing for the entirety of the PlayStation Pro or PlayStation 4 Pro and the Xbox One X's existence because the previous versions of those systems were way too fucking weak. But they had to do that. They had to make sure that it worked across the board. Yeah, that's probably rough. But is it any more rough than a PC developer that used to have to sit there and say, we have to make sure it works on thousands of different configurations on you know, thousands of different systems that are lower end to higher end? Well, those developers aren't even doing that anymore. Now they're like, well, we'll just throw FSR on it and DLSS and we'll call it good. Those will make up for the, for the difference. And we'll tell people they have to run it in performance mode in order to run it. That's where, shit, that's where development has become so shitty that you're just like, wow, you guys don't even care anymore. It's not even a matter of turning off certain, certain freaking options in order to make your game run better. It's just a matter of, screw it, DLSS, FSR. And if you think I'm lying, Developers have been caught on this multiple times where you go into the system settings and you turn off something and places like Digital Foundry do an analysis and like, we cannot see anything being turned off. We can't see any difference between this setting and this setting, which tells you that that setting is either broken, which is not likely, or it doesn't actually do anything. It's either never on or never off. So if that's the case, then when, when you're turning around and doing things like, you know, uh, fucking Jedi got called out for this Jedi survivor or survivor where you turn off a setting and it didn't do jack shit in the game. Didn't do anything. It didn't change the settings. It didn't make this. It didn't make the game run any better. The game just ran like shit. But the answer was DLSS and FSR. And it was DLSS for anyone who was on, who was on NVIDIA platform because, and you guys had to use mods for that. That was fucking atrocious. But the fact that the fact that that was something you had you had to lean on th- those developers were were leaning on FSR as a crutch to fix their shitty development, and that's just that's just blatant negligence in development, and it's happening across the board. You're seeing this on multiple games, where 
FSR is a requirement. You have to have it in order to run it. That's fucking insane. Where have the good developers gone? Where, where has the optimization gone? It's, it's just fuck all. So if you've been sitting in the, oh, Series S, the Xbox Series S is holding back development. No, it's not. For, for decades, the PCs have been able to have lower-end systems run the same games as higher-end systems. That has always been a thing. So telling, telling us that, the oh, the Series S is holding back development. No, it's not. You're fucking lying. It's because it doesn't have the features that you just want to go fucking balls out and only have to make for one system and then screw everybody else who can't run it. That's literally what these developers are saying. They don't want to have to put in the extra work. But anyways, uh, enough of my rant. Uh, getting back to uh, the Xbox and the uh, the two the Xbox Series uh, X tube. Um, yeah, but it's 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 not a it's not a mid step. the The mid step would be like the uh, the PS Five Pro. PS Five Pro that would be a mid uh, a mid step. Uh, which there are still rumors of that coming out. Even though I don't think honestly, like for this generation, I don't think they need a mid step. They they haven't they haven't had the consoles the consoles haven't had enough exclusivity with current gen titles to begin with and if you have a mid step that's going to create another incentive for developers to fuck over the current gen the current generation buyers by catering to the mid step solely because they're going to start implementing techniques and technologies and stuff from like that are that are engine exclusives like uh, you know, stuff from uh, Unreal Engine 5 that aren't aren't even really capable of running on the current the the current gen consoles. And they're going to start putting that into into all their games where you're going to have I mean, for fuck's sake, you got the Xbox uh, Series S running uh, Immortals of Avion. Uh, I think it runs it at like 540p. Wow. And and that's that's with FSR on. That means it's running at 540p cut in half. And then upscaled. Listeners, I'm wrong about that. It's actually, it's actually lower than 480p. That's that's how bad the resolution is for the base. It it looks like garbage. But again, this is what you get when you have lazy development guys who just want to they'll lean on FSR because they don't want to have to actually go through and optimize the game for any kind of specific systems because development is hard and you should feel bad for them. That game looks like trash on that console. That game, you know, it, it's it's so freaking ridiculously uh, demanding of of a system because, again, developer that didn't go through and actually look at the game and say, "Wish this needs to be more tightened up and optimized." You know, we have this great engine, but we can't let the engine do everything for us. We need to we need to do some stuff on our own to try and make sure that it actually can run on other systems. They didn't do that. They, they just said, fuck it, throw, throw, throw the kitchen sink in and see if it runs. <laughs> it was the, it was the, you know, uh, the can it run crisis mentality from Crytek of screw it. Kitchen sink. Let's see what happens. Uh, and years later, people can finally run the game. So <laughs> yeah, wasn't, wasn't that one of the first games I, uh, I fired up on my new system yeah. when we got it done. I was like, I can run crisis. Yay. Yeah. It's, it's hysterical. So fucking 15 years down the road. Um, so yeah, I mean, if, if Sony and Microsoft want to control the, 
uh, amount of tech going into their games and want to make sure that their games are getting the best presentation possible that aren't first party games, they're going to have to say no midstep this generation. They're going to have to do it because that's the only way that's going to, that's the only way that's, that's going to force developers to go, okay, we have to do something and we have to go back to, to doing some of the old tricks that allowed our games to look fucking phenomenal. Because when I'm looking at, and when I'm looking at other games and I'm going, this doesn't look any better than a game that came out five years ago. That's a problem. <laughs> well, not only that, but in, uh, in this generation's case, a lot of people didn't have the system in their hands yeah, due to uh, supply issues. Yeah. So, you know, especially in my case, I, I got my PS5 this summer. I've had it less than a year. And then if Sony comes out and says, hey, everybody else who only got one this year, guess what? That $500 you dropped, do it again. Yeah. Here's a PS5 Pro. And like a lot, like don't get me wrong. Like a lot of people are still expecting it. They think it's going to, oh, it's going to destroy the, uh, the Xbox series X and, and all that. And likely it would, because it would be a midstep and it would be, it would have all this new tech available to it. It would have, it would have RDNA three available to it. It would have the latest Zen processor available to it. But at the same time, by doing that, it's not going to be like the midstep that happened with PlayStation four to PlayStation four pro PlayStation four to PlayStation four pro you weren't seeing a generational jump in this case, you would literally be getting a generational jump in a console within a console generation and listeners to to clarify, I'm not talking about a generational jump graphically or anything like that. I'm just talking about hardware wise. You'd be seeing a generational jump in hardware going into a new system. Uh, Graphically. I I still don't think, I think developers have become so lazy. They're not even utilizing the current cons, the current gen consoles to the full capabilities because they just don't want to. They don't want to have to put in the extra work, like I said. And that's a problem on a console. Right. And again, uh, I feel like a lot of people wouldn't look at it as, oh, it's new tech. They would just see it as corporate greed of, oh, hey, you know, this console that has only been out for so long. Yeah. Buy another one. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's not just a problem for that. It's a problem. It's a problem overall for gaming. Yeah. Everyone will be looking to the PS5 Pro for uh, as a standard. This is the standard benchmark for right now. And developers will immediately gravitate over to that. We saw we we watched it happen during the last generation with the midsteps. I mean, Miles pointed this out at, at one point with uh, you know, you you saw that happen. You saw it specifically happen with Cyberpunk. And that was the thing that like, Miles, you remember this. When we were talking about Cyberpunk and, and you and I were having a great time, we were both on you were on a Series X. Or no, you were on a you were on an Xbox One X. Uh, I was on a I was on a PC, and neither one of us could figure out what the fuck everyone was talking about of like how terrible the game ran, how bad it was. So we saw loads. And and that was the One S. Yeah, exactly. And we were like, "Holy shit, that looks like trash." We we couldn't figure. We could not even even fathom that at the time. It it was just so absolutely insane the gap that had been created just from the just from the s to the x just on the just on the consoles alone like everyone knew on pc yeah there's going to be a gap depending on your your hardware for your pc it's going to be pretty big however when you were looking at a mid-step on the same generation and they were using this they were using the same tech only more powerful in just the x x same tech more powerful 
right? Yeah. And it's that big of a gap. I mean, it was tremendous. And let's just keep in mind, the Xbox One X, when that came out, it was still weaker than my PC, which had which was already seven years old. My my GPU and it was already antiquated in the PC world. Just to give you an idea. So if it was if it was running fine on my system, which was old, running on on uh, an Xbox One X just fine. That's the thing that would be created with the PS5 Pro. Well, we even had that with uh, between only me I and, think it would be worse. <laughs> right. But we even had that between me and Brian because yeah. he kept, you know, messaging me. Hey, dude, this game is running like shit. And I'm like, well, what are you playing it on? And I think he was on a, a base PS4 and I was playing on pro for what? For cyberpunk. No, he was on the he was in the Xbox S Xbox one S. Oh. Which is even less powerful than a PlayStation 4. Right. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. But still, he kept messaging me. He's like, oh, you know, you're playing this on console. How's how's your experience going? And it was just when I'd gotten my pro. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of buggy, but it's okay. And then he sent me footage. And I'm like, good Lord. Yeah. This is terrible. Yeah. And even you weren't happy with your experience on the pro. No. No, I ended up. I think I quit the game until I uh, yeah. built a PC that could run it properly. Yeah. And the one the one X was it was better in every way. Yeah, I had game. no, I had no problems. <laughs> on yeah. The 1X. Um, and, uh, you know, I was, I, I was obviously on my old PC, which is now, uh, Loach's current rig. Um, well, he's, he's got a better GPU than I did at the time. Uh, but I, I still was having, a, I was still having a decent time. I was able to, to dial in the, the optimization. So I was like sitting there going, I don't understand whatever he's talking about, like what the issues are that people are having. And it wasn't just the, like, I didn't realize it wasn't the glitches or anything like that that people were talking about. It was the performance on the console. It just wasn't able to do it. And that was that moment where, where we had that center realization of, oh, this is why I mid- this is when a mid step is the bad part. This is where you had, where the, where the developer should have said, no, it only runs on this and above. You can't run it on anything lower and they should have done that. They should have instantly said it's PS4 pro Xbox one X exclusive, but they couldn't do that because of the regulations that PlayStation and Xbox had put into place. If, if they wanted their game on those consoles, listeners, this is not Sony's Sony and PlayStation or Sony and uh, uh, Microsoft's fault, by the way, this is something that they, they had had implemented from the time they made the mid step of any game that comes out for one console had to be available on the other one. That included in their own for their own studios. It had to run on both. Uh, so cyberpunk or with the uh, cyberpunk CD project, Greg should have immediately just said, no, it's next gen only. They should have immediately put a, could have put a kibosh on that and said, it's next gen only. It'll only run on this stuff. And fuck even, even the Xbox uh, X or sorry, the Xbox uh, series S is questionable for it because the Xbox series S is less powerful than the Xbox one X when it comes to sheer rendering power listeners. Um, the Xbox one X is more powerful than the S. Uh, the S has newer tech in it that gives it some advantages, but when it comes to the resolution and overall, uh, powerhouse, the one X was more powerful, but since the only thing they had available was next gen or last and last gen, they decided, okay, it'll run really well on the Xbox One X. Let's put it on last gen as well. 
and somebody should have said no or should have asked Microsoft, look, it can't run on this. We, we have to do something else, which is kind of what's happened with Baldur's Gate. And this is a generation that has the gener- next generation console and it's already mid-step is already there. It's Big Brother's already there. So Microsoft is seeing that firsthand of like, okay, we have to be able to loosen up the restrictions on these two consoles to allow developers to say some features are not going to be available on the weaker system. It's just the way it is. Yeah, just and need to treat it like they do with uh, you know PC recommended requirements. Exactly. And you need this to be able to run it properly. We advise this. Absolutely. And this is this is where the you know you're getting that mid-step problem of some stuff like some sub stuff's not going to be available on your other consoles. Now this has already been been the case with other titles of the fact that like some some titles don't run in ray tracing on the Series S. Why? Because the Series S can't do it. It's just too fucking weak. So they don't make that that feature available on it. There's certain things that you don't notice graphically that happen in the back end that you'll never bring up because you as a gamer aren't looking specifically for those things. A feature like split screen, though, that's a pretty big miss. That's something that's definitely known of like, this is available on the Xbox Series X. Why wouldn't it be available on mine? Because your console's too weak. And that, just to think about that gap, just that gap on the same generation of hardware, more powerful versus less powerful. Now imagine what would happen with a PS5 and a PS5 Pro. And we're talking about a PS5 Pro would absolutely 100% be more powerful than Xbox Series X. And it would be cheaper for micro, or for Sony to do so. They'd already be at Zen. At that point, they'd be at Zen 4 tech for the pro or for the CPU. They'd have RDNA 3 available to them, which means they'd have F, they, they'd instantly have FSR 3 capability. Go back to Josiah's point that nobody would have one. <laughs> yeah, you, you the manufacturing <laughs> issues alone, you're probably right, Jesus Christ. But it's it's it, but that's but that's why, that, that's that why I'm saying scalpers. Yeah, but that's why that's why I'm bringing it up is the fact that like that's why I don't think that's why I don't think a generational a, a midstep is necessary. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying 100 it won't happen. I'm just saying it shouldn't. Not for this generation. It just it doesn't make sense on those technical aspects that I'm bringing up. Now, listeners. If they do happen, oh man, it's going to be a rough go. Yeah, <laughs> it, not not just for console gamers. It's going to be a rough go for developers out there because developers are already at the point where they don't like the fact that they have to make two different versions of a console game. Hell, they don't like having to make any kind of any kind of consolidations for us on PC at this point, which is why we've been getting shitty fucking shitty fucking ports on a PC, but. Imagine how that would work with the X or with the console generation of we don't want to make a different we don't want to make a different version for another console. If they don't want to make they don't want to make two different versions right now, what happens when they have to make three? <laughs> because that would mean they have to make a version for the Xbox Series S, the Xbox One X, and PS5, and then another version for the PS5 Pro. Yeah, I I think that developers are going to be a pit, kind of pissed off if that ends up happening. Not all of them. I think there are some, some are going to be like, Oh, this is going to be great. Those are the guys that are going to make everything for the PS five pro and everything else gets the after or gets, gets shit. They get all the shit features. 
they get all the stuff that just gets completely downgraded or get the bad ports. So it's great to be a gamer, isn't it? Originally, when we when we had heard about the mid steps and they were coming out, like we thought it was a great we we thought it was in, it was interesting, but we thought it was a great idea as a simple fact of just where gaming was going and how fast tech was going at the time, especially for development. Now, when I look at it, I'm like, the only thing that really makes sense at this point for a mid step is turning a console into a PC, giving it interchangeable parts, which is something that Microsoft is absolutely considering based off of that leak. Because one of the things they talk about in their leak is having a system that is going to be upgradable and is going to be running on an OS, much like a, uh, much like a Chromium machine. Uh And it'll be running on a, on a true OS. It'll actually work as a computer and a console. They are absolutely 100% pushing for the, we're switching everything over back over to PC. We're going to be doing this and we're going to be offering small machines that are going to be PC console or like a PC slash console. That's what, oh, that's fucking, what their next thing is going to do. Heaven fucking help them if it runs as slow as fucking Xbox does right now, though. Yeah. I, yeah, the operating system is going to have to be really well thought out and really well optimized. Agreed. Because um, the Xbox right now is, is stuttering. The uh, That's not just on the, uh, the Xbox Ones. That's on the Xbox Series as well. And they have, they have two different uh, interfaces now, completely. Um, Cause, yeah because i go i go to my dad my dad's system and i'm like i'm like man this is this is weird it's weird going to it because i'm like it's so different from from my xbox one x and my xbox one x it's it's just as slow though which means that they're like whoever is doing their os programming is probably the same person <laughs> every, every single time they go through and revamp that uh that user interface and, yeah. and lay out for everything every single time it gets just like that it happened on you know happens on this console happened on the previous console even happened on the 360 <laughs> happened absolutely on the 360 when they moved uh, that happened almost instantaneous on the 360 when they moved away from the blades god listeners you will not find one 360 I don't, I don't think you will ever find one 360 gamer who had the blades when that game when that system came out and will say that the blades and will say won't say that the blades were were, were better the, I mean, the blades were just like the blade system was just better. It was just a better system. It was more, it was more reactive. It was instantaneous. You could find what you needed to find. It was fantastic. When they switched away from that and went to their fucking, you know, square tiles to match windows eight. God damn it. I was so pissed off. Yep. Yeah. I it, hated that interface on, down every single time. Yeah. I hated that interface on PC and why would they think it was a good idea to bring it to console? Right. Yeah, it was it was it was not great. It slowed down the system and it made, you know, made things more difficult to just to get access to. Uh, I get it. They were trying to add more capabilities to the system that the system originally wasn't made for. But at the same time, it wasn't made for it. (laughs) Um, And that led us to the Xbox one being the uh, TV, 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 TV system. So (laughs) glad that happened. Right. Um, Yeah. And. You're right. It happens. It happens with every generation. It happens every time they do it. And that has to do with, in my opinion, has to do with coding, like just coding bloat. It's built off of an older an older system an older OS and is built from there. It's the same things that happened with with Windows back when Windows was going from 
uh, Windows XP to what was it? Uh, Windows Vista. Which they had some listeners, they had some iterations of Windows before or after XP, but uh, a lot of those were networking and streamlined. But you also had Windows Me, and Windows Me doesn't count because that thing was shit. Um, so, but they, they, had, they had some stuff. NT was pretty good, uh, which also was, uh, I think, Windows 2000, which was built, built off the NT uh, infrastructure. Um, that was the introduction, uh, the introduction of the NT kernel, which is what all Windows is based on, uh, essentially based in now um but when they switched to that and then they tried to build windows vista windows vista was a convoluted piece of shit it had all these bells and whistles and just complete bloat of oh look at what we can do but it was so fucking slow and trash that no one liked it which is why they had to create windows 7 which is a which was a torn down version of vista essentially they tore down their code, went back, built it from the ground up, uh, uh, you know, from the ground up again. It's still based in the same kind of coding. It's just built from the ground up. So they removed the bloat. After that, Windows became workable. Suddenly it was great. Windows 7 was fantastic. And then they went to Windows 8. And Windows 8 was primarily driven towards touchscreens, which Microsoft hadn't mastered and still didn't master. And Windows 8 was absolute trash i've seen a couple of people try to say windows 8 was actually pretty decent wasn't as bad as you think it is it's garbage it was hot garbage it was designed for a tablet it wasn't designed for a pc it should have never fucking existed if you wanted it for a tablet leave it on a tablet don't call it windows 8 windows 9 well we all know windows 9 is actually windows 10 but you know we'll just ignore the numbers and uh you know 9 equals 10 2 plus 2 equals 5 sure we'll go with it Math is racist. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, Microsoft moves over to, to Windows 10. Windows 10 is, is fairly efficient. It's gotten more efficient over the years. It is actually, it actually ended up being a very good OS. Fast forward to Windows 11. Windows 11, whew, that's a rocky launch. Um, can't, you know, couldn't upgrade from Windows 10 without, without causing a, uh, Blue screen couldn't upgrade from Windows 10 to Windows 11 without causing massive issues on to the point where in some people's case, it bricked their entire system. Um, so, yeah, you were better off doing a fresh install of Windows 11. Why? Because Windows 11 was not designed to be upgraded from Windows 11, Windows 10. <laughs> Why it was ever available as an upgrade is beyond me. It was designed to rewrite your entire OS and replace it with Windows 11. It's still the same code. It's still based in the same code, but it is designed to replace it and remove some of the bloat that was even in Windows 10. Windows 10 wasn't a bad OS, but they removed some of the bloat to make room for other features that were in Windows 11. And granted, Windows 11 over the years has added bloat, but we'll we'll, we'll not get into too much of that because I'd be here all day. Uh, But essentially, that's what it was designed for. It was designed to, I'm going to wipe out your drive. I'm going to replace it with this. But what they were asking it to do was wipe out the drive, keep all the files that you have in place without destroying the system and not destroying your, what you had already built on your, your previous system and just replace the OS. That doesn't really work. And it creates a lot of issues when, when you're going from one system like that to another. 
it doesn't always work even when you were doing previous upgrades from going from like, you know, Windows XP to Windows NT. You, you, you were having issues because not everything was compatible, which is why when you switch OSs, I strongly recommend just doing a, a, a complete wipe, doing a, do a complete upgrade every single time. This is, this is what I've told people for now years uh, after the amount of issues that I've had in the past of just do a complete wipe. If there's anything on your computer you need to keep, take it off, put it on a different hard drive. You can always back shit up. An operating system is not something that's that's that necessary to keep backed up. <laughs> uh, well, I shouldn't say to keep backed up when you're moving over to another operating system. Um, you should always keep a backup while you're running <laughs> while you're running system your your system. So, um, well, it, that's why I was laughing because every once in a while. Uh, Windows will remind me, hey, you're still on 10. Yeah. Why don't you come up to 11? And in my brain, that automatically transfers to or uh, translates to, hey, how about we brick your system for free? Yeah. So, no, I get it. I, um, you could probably like in your case, uh, you're, you're probably just going to end up waiting for the next one. Oh, yeah. So totally. But it's still funny because, you know, it'll pop up during, uh, you know, right when everything boots up and it's like, hey, you can get Windows 11 for free. And I'm like, nah, yeah, I'm it's, good. It's the fairy from fucking Link. Yeah. Hey, listen. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's you're you're getting code like you get code bloat with with any opera, with any OS. It's the same thing happening on Xbox. That's why it's slowed down so much. Um, I am hoping that uh, that Microsoft and Sony aren't going to be doing any kind of mid steps. I'm hoping Microsoft, if they, uh, they, they move forward with their plans on the Xbox going forward with the, uh, the PC slash console version that they're thinking about making in the future. Now listeners, it's going to be a while before you see another console from either one of these companies. Uh, I should say for next generation, because, uh, this generation has been really slow to get off the ground. <laughs> so, um, I think Microsoft's plans right now is their next console won't drop until 2028. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to take, it's going to be a minute. <laughs> You're going to have to give it some time. Uh, and if their next console is going to be what they say or what, what we're expecting from that leak, then hopefully they've got the bugs worked out and hopefully they're really thinking about whether or not the OS is the OS going to be a PC OS. Is it going to be a amalgam of them? Hopefully it's not going to be just an upgraded version of the Xbox OS because God, I, 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 if that happens, I'm sorry. You get the feeling. And this, I was thinking about this earlier when you were talking about how the, the next Xbox is supposed to be upgradable. Yeah. Do you think they're just microdosing their Xbox, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, consumer base to get them just to slowly move over to PC. Um, I think at this, I think at this point they're that Microsoft's really banking on PC to continue to, to grow and to get bigger. Um, I think they're banking on that special specifically because of game pass. And since game pass is moving everything over for console wise for the console gamers over to an X cloud uh, system where you won't actually have a system on your computer it's it's granted listeners it's going to be the era of you're not going to own anything and you're going to be appreciative of it 
it's going to be moving over to that. That's that's kind of a scary thought for a lot of people not owning your actual games. But I hate to tell you this, but even when you own a physical copy of a game, technically you don't own it based off of the user license agreements. Um, yeah, if anybody actually bothers to read those things, you don't own. Yeah, you don't own anything. No, uh, you just paid for its use. You paid for the license. And that's it. Um, so. Yeah, it's uh, I think that I think that they're they're really banking on X Cloud being the big thing. And that's where Xbox is going to move to, because once that happens, there won't be any upgradable. There won't be any upgradability. There will be no reason for it, because if they can move everybody over to the X Cloud model and playing games from the cloud on a, on Game Pass, that will turn into what Stadia was meant to be originally and will actually accomplish it. And the fact that you will have no upgrades, you will have no need for upgrades. Your games will play based off of your internet connection, the speed that you have. And if your speed is high enough, you will get the absolutely top notch, pristine game. That's it. Well, that and it'll probably work because they won't be as half assed. I say pristine game, not bug free. I say pristine as in graphics wise, (laughs) because we all know development's going to get worse. course that's all operating under whether or not xbox live is actually running at that point in time true so um yeah i mean depending on the internet good luck (laughs) miles knows all about that so anyways uh moving on to you know now that i've i've wasted all of our time you know completely because we're at two over two hours now sorry listeners uh Let's go ahead and uh, go into the great time that we had with furries last night. Um, <laughs> so listeners, we were all invited to a party and uh, unknowingly there was, you know, animals there and uh, really just people in costumes um, flopping around and, uh, you know, being somewhat inappropriate. And uh, we just kind of went, all right, well, you know, violence is love. And uh, got real handsy and uh, just ended up beating the shit out of everything in sight. <laughs> and uh, what we're referring to is we all played Party Animals last night. Anybody who gave that a bad review, you were full of shit. Like, I, it's flat out. Like, you you were full of shit. That game is hilarious. It is the best, one of the, some of the best times I've had since the days of Smash Bros. With all the guys. We were having so much fun playing it. And what's really funny is I want to point out the fact that like there's a review on there saying you might be wondering on Steam specifically, you might be wondering about all the negative reviews from from that are in Chinese. Here coming in. Here's what it boils down to. I read that in guy that guy's entire analysis. And uh, basically China got a de- got a demo of the game back when COVID was going on. And the developers pulled it because they were like, oh, we're not really happy with with everything going on. We're gonna try and, and uh, make some changes and stuff like that. And then the developers were done. And China was upset or the, the Chinese audience were upset at the fact that not a whole lot changed. And the developers openly said that they were going to have that, that even though the, you know, even though the, they had incurred a lot more cost than they had, ex- they had expected that they were going to pass on those savings on to the customers by having the customers pay full price. China's upset. I want to point this out listeners at the fact that they are asking for relatively the same price as the United States and Europe in China. 
And the reason they're upset is because games like this typically go or go for less money in China. So they're mad about the fact that they're having to pay full price. I want you to let that sink in for a fucking second. The Chinese populace of gamers are upset at the fact that they're having to pay full price. Now, had this been something like, well, you know, like in Europe where they end up paying, they usually end up paying more than we do ever for their games. Same thing for Australia, lots of places. The United States usually gets a really good deal. And uh, <clears throat> if it was in one of those places, yeah, absolutely. 100%. I could totally understand. You guys are getting to raw into the deal. I always think that every fucking time a console comes out, you're paying more than we are. It's not fair. You know, this goes for Japan as well. but. In, in this case, they're mad the fact that they're paying the same price. I read that and the guy goes, if you can't sympathize with that, then, you know, there's nothing I can. There's not really anything else I can I can say to convince you on why these people feel this way. They feel this way because they felt entitled. They felt entitled to a cheaper game. This is not NBA 2K, you know, fucking 23. Where you're getting over monetized to shit, where you're literally getting pay to win mechanics with their card, with their card and mechanics online, and players are getting screwed over by people coming in and just being whales, which is complete fallacy, by the way. Because listeners, whales aren't the ones paying for all the microtransactions. You are. Let, let's be honest. The gamers are the ones paying for all the microtransactions. We're the reason why they're making the most money at, at doing these these fucking unnecessary practices. It's it's but. Regardless, let's let's set that aside. This isn't one of those situations. This is a case where the developer came in and said, hey, yeah, it actually costs us a lot more money than we thought it would. It's not going to be this cost anymore. It's going to be this price. And yes, we are asking you guys to pay this full price. They're mad at that. China, they didn't come back and say, we're asking you to pay more than everyone else. We're asking you to make up all of the cost. No, they're asking for full price. That was it. Get the fuck out of here. In which Every case, I think the game is also like $25. It's 20 bucks. It's, it's about 25. If you get, uh, if you get the, the deluxe edition, Yeah, which has got a few costumes and stuff like that. It's nothing major. You don't have to buy it. And all of the microtransactions that any, anyone bitches about, you guys are a bunch of fucking pansies. You need to, you know, calm your tits, have some fun, Nancy. Uh, calm the yeah, fuck down. This is, this is nuts. I think the most legitimate criticism that I saw on there where it was wording for the game, because the wording that they had for the game made it sound like offline co-op mode. Okay. And, uh, you know that was not the intention of the yeah. developer, and they 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 got rid of it and, and reprinted it. And but I can understand, you know, the, uh, getting upset at that. Okay, you bought it thinking that you know, oh yeah, it's gonna be an offline game that I can play, you know, home, not have to be connected all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's you know, if you fully expect it to be couch co-op all the time. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think it's unintentional false advertising in that regard, but you know, to to bomb a game for it unnecessary in my opinion yeah uh i think that if you know if you're giving it a bad review because of the bad ping in your area i can kind of relate to you on the fact of like i i i can i can sympathize with you on the fact of 
I do think that there should be an app available on uh, Steam or in some cases with some of these games that avail that, that gives you the ability to check where their servers are specifically so you can see what your ping is from your area to another. They used to have this available on things like uh, uh, GameSpy, stuff like that. Um, I'm sure there are piece, there are ways on uh, PC you can do this. In fact, I know there are ways on PC you can do this. But uh, for some people, that's kind of a that's that's kind of out of their realm of expertise. They just want to be able to buy a game, play the game, right? I I kind of sympathize with you on the fact of like there was no way for you to check that, or you didn't know how to check that beforehand. Um, and it would be but nice. It yeah. it, Australian players really got fucking shafted. Yeah, uh, Australia, you guys kind of got shot on. I yeah, one hundred percent. The fact is, is that. Your servers are based in Asia uh, and thankfully not the Chinese, the CCP, you know, uh, servers, because those servers, your ping is going to be over 200. Uh, but in this case, the Asian servers aren't that great and they are still far away, uh, especially for, for Australia. They're farther away than you'd like, obviously. Now, this is a small game. It's, it's got a small, you know, it's, it's, not a, it's not a large development team. I'm sure they probably had some limitations as to how many servers and how much allocation they can have. This isn't like Call of Duty where they can just allocate thousands of servers around the world. This is a, this is a game where they're just like, yeah, we have, we have global servers, which is what we, I think we use um, for, from where we're at. They have Asia and Europe. Uh, in Europe. That's, that's where their server locations are. Asia, Europe, global. Well, the global servers for, for us, uh, is what we, is what we go off of. And the global server is, I think I want to say located on the West, you know, the West coast from us, but it's going to be a crapshoot for a lot of people. And that's, that's, that's kind of a bummer. So I can understand some of those bad reviews, but everyone else bitching about the monetization, dude, give me a fucking break. The game's not requiring you to buy anything for one. Two, it's a shop that's on the side that's very much out of the way that sits there and, and basically it's like, you know, you can sit around earning the currency in the game to unlock this stuff in the shop. Or if you want, go ahead and pay us more money if you feel so inclined. But here's the thing. I want you guys to quell the urge of your mobile gaming mentality of buying everything you fucking see. And don't spend a goddamn dime. And then I want you to go and have some friends join you in the game and have a good time. Then tell me it's a bad game. Then tell me it's over monetized. Because if you still feel that way, you're full of shit. And that's, that's why I sit there. I'm like, I think you're full of shit. You, you, there's no fucking way you played this game and thought this, oh, this is a horrible experience. It's so bad. There's so many microtransactions. Oh my god, one of the deluxe one of the deluxe skins costs more than the game does. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm sorry, you can't have the, you know, neon ribbon fucking twerking uh was it a rave raving rabbit skin that you wanted to have that day because it costs so much money. Or you couldn't have the Ori skin because it costs so much money. Here's an idea. Don't buy anything. Don't worry about the costumes and go play the fucking game. That's it. Yeah, I will. I will say that I. I, I wish the uh, the in-game currency uh, items maybe cost a little less. <laughs> that way you could get them a little bit sooner. More of them. 
Yeah. But ultimately, not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm completely I was completely happy with it and I didn't want to, I didn't care about getting a costume. I didn't care about it really what I unlocked in it. I was just having blast. I was completely, completely satisfied with the plethora of characters they gave me to begin with. And I had a great time and settling on one of them with a shovel. Yep. <laughs> I mean, this is one of the few times that I've played a game and ended up laughing so hard that I was crying oh, multiple times. My cheeks hurt so bad last <laughs> night from laughing and, and smiling the entire time. Like listeners, it, you know, usually when you, when you play a party game like this, like Mario party or something like that, you get mad. You start getting mad at people you're playing with. I did not give a shit. If I lost, I was laughing so fucking hard. Don't get me wrong. There were some times where I was just like, Oh, that was bullshit. Cause like, I was like, I knocked somebody off. Like I would knock somebody off a platform and I'd soon follow and it would count me as dead first. I was like, ah, come on. But here's the thing. I was still having a great time. Like I had somebody hit me in the face with a freaking bomb and it knocked me off the platform (laughs) and I died laughing. I fell out of my chair almost. I was like, I can't even be mad at that. It was too funny. And it, it was just, it was a blast. We were having a great time, you know, running around with a, you know, gorilla with a nunchuck and just fucking slapping the shit out of everybody and then <laughs> knocking myself unconscious right afterwards. That was fucking hilarious. I thought it was hysterical. I loved it. Every, every, every aspect of the game was, was just a blast. And the game modes, the game types that they have, the team aspects, the AI is actually impressively decent at the game. Um, uh, that are, were incredibly bad. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we were having a good time. It was fun. My only complaint was uh, the AI does seem to get a good solid second of uh, play before you get in. Yeah. So we got scored on a couple of times, like when we were playing hockey. For me, it would load in and the puck would already be traveling to our goal. Yeah. But outside of that, yeah, I had a blast with it. Yeah. I, like I said, I was laughing so hard. I was crying multiple times. Yeah, it was, it was just, it was so much fun. So yeah, we, uh, we highly recommend it. 20 bucks is, I mean, that, that's just, that's a steal in my opinion. $20 for that game is a blast and you're going to get hours of fun out of it. We played for nearly, nearly five hours last night. And, uh, I mean, eventually we had to stop cause we were getting tired, but it, it was just too much fun. So, yeah, I mean, if I could have stayed awake longer, I would have. Yeah, I would have wanted to play more. Yeah, but yeah, it was hilarious. The nunchucks are easily the funniest weapon in that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the shovel, the spin with the shovel, or the or the frying pan is sister. It's so delayed though. Like trying to time it, like you'll uh, sit there spinning forever trying to hit anybody and not hit a goddamn thing. But sometimes you'll hit somebody and it just clobbers the hell out of them it's hysterical oh and, and heaven forbid you have anything that interferes with that spin oh yeah yeah centrifugal force doesn't carry through no so you just wind up with this fucking limp-wristed fucking slap of a fucking weapon <laughs> <laughs> ran into that so much with the tennis racket I'm like why am i using this <laughs> <laughs> oh man Here yeah <laughs> or the hammer, the the thousand pound hammer. That was funny. It looks like a looks like a 
looks like a blow up. Uh, yeah, it looks like a squeaky a hammer. Squeaky hammer. I, speaking uh, of which, I should uh, hop on Nexus and see if they have a mod to add the squeaky hammer sound every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, the home screen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised it's not already in the game. Yeah, it sent you through the fucking jungle. <laughs> yeah, that was so friggin' funny. <laughs> Like you, you freaking knocked me clean off the entire arena. I was like, God damn. <laughs> there, there is no coming back now. <laughs> when you uh, fucking uppercutted my ass off that fucking shaky bridge. <laughs> yeah, the, the running Superman, Superman punch. Like that rarely <laughs> connects for me, but it actually worked. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. So yeah, love is or you know, violence is love. (laughs) (laughs) I now understand furries so much more now. I get it. That's what you guys are doing at your parties. Yeah, I get why they were sexual at all. It's you're you're going there to beat the crap out of each other. Totally makes sense. It's a fight club. Yeah, and now I understand why they were always trying to fight me at every convention that I went to. (laughs) (laughs) It, It all makes sense now. So. Yeah, uh, it's it's a blast. Want to beat each other off in costume? I get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Josiah, you got a, another recommendation? I've got two reviews that I can give. Uh, I'll start with Armored Core. Yep. I finished all three endings. Yep. And the game is only hard for the first run. Okay. Because your gear sucks. Okay. Once you get better gear, there's a couple of bosses that are still hard. I mean, the uh, the game's Melania fight is yeah. still the only one that would consistently give me trouble. Okay. But it's like I was telling you, I, when I beat the third ending, I was tired and kind of drunk, and I still did it in my first shot. So yeah. it gets a little easier once you get better gear. But it's my... So far... I still have another game that comes out that might knock it out of this place, but it's my uh, number two spot for game of the year for me. I feel like Space Marine might push it back. Okay. If that still comes out this year. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully. (laughs) But this goes back to what we were talking about. Turn and scare me. (laughs) (laughs) As they should. But this goes back to what we were talking about. The game came out at $60. Um, they said that they might do DLC later, but as of now, it's a complete game. Yeah. And yeah, it, yeah. And from software has also said that, uh, they're absolutely planning on sticking with armor core just because the game didn't, didn't perform the same as, uh, Elden ring. They had no intentions of it ever performing like Elden ring. They just knew it was going to do well. They felt it did. It, it's done well. They're going to stick with the armor core series. They're going to make an armor core seven. They've already said it. Yeah. And I mean, uh, so Armored Core has always had a very small, I I say very small, it, it's always had a smaller fan base. Yeah, compared to a lot of other things. But Armored Core fans are a very dedicated fan base. So yeah. it, anybody that I know that played any of the older ones did the same thing that I did. They immediately bought it. And that was all they played for like three weeks. Yeah. And any soul fans out there, if you guys are fans of Elden Ring, give it a shot. 
Try it out. See what happens. But also, if the bosses are too easy for you, please shut the fuck up. <laughs> we know that you, we know that you like your video games to tie you down and put out cigarettes on your ball sack. We get it. Yeah. We are not like that. Fuck off. Yeah, that's why we're not streamers. Right. <laughs> no, it, every time I get on the forums, because so they nerfed a couple of the bosses. Oh, it's too easy. And that was all I saw. Oh, it's it's not difficult enough. It's not difficult enough. You know, fuck off. Those fights were doable before the the nerf, but playing uh, post patch, they're not that different. Yeah, yeah. You're the guy. You're the guy in the battlefield. Uh, you know, during during the uh, you know during medieval you know during during medieval times, you were the knight on the battlefield. It was like, you know, fights not difficult enough. Difficult enough. Still have all limbs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I walked out of this one alive with all of my limbs. I still have all my fingers. This this was bullshit. <laughs> like we it just go back and play dark souls yeah don't don't come and crap on our party <laughs> i fucking hate dark souls fans i'm sorry i yeah no i'm not sorry <laughs> hey i suggest trying to start a knife fight behind the supermarket <laughs> <laughs> with the nearest crazy homeless man who doesn't believe you exist yeah, I'm sure you can dodge roll your way out of that one. Um, yeah. So, what's your uh, what's your other recommendation? Uh, I finished Baldur's Gate three. Sweet. So, uh, I still haven't. I'm still in the third act. In an <laughs> effort to not spoil things, I will say that the last fight is a motherfucker. I think it took me four hours. Jesus. Yeah, it's. It's a very good game. I did you consider taking Gale in and blowing up the world? Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, but I beat the game on my cleric. I did the uh, good ending. Okay. So, uh, but I did. By the point I was in the game, I had skipped a decent amount of side quests. I think there was like four or five left. Mm -hmm. And when I loaded in, I think it was uh, last Sunday, I wanted to finish the game up before Cyberpunk came out. So I yeah. was like, fuck it. I've got another character running. I'll do them on those. Um, yeah, great game. This is my game of the year so far. I really don't see anything knocking it out of, uh, out of that spot. Just fantastic game all, all around. All right. um, I'm looking forward to when we can do a spoiler cast on this game just because... I know that we all did different, like we play very differently. Yeah. So I, I'm curious to see what you guys think of the ending or which ending you get. Okay. Right. Um, yeah, I'll try to, I'll try to hunker down and, and get through act three. It, hopefully within the next month or so. And then I'm also looking forward to, uh, our, for, it takes me a long time to get through act. Right. And as it I, should, I do so many things. So it's not, that's one thing that I liked about the game was it's, there's a lot of things to do in the world. Yeah. I, I Especially when you get to Act 3. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's part of why I'm mad at myself for skipping some of those uh, side quests. Like, I just wanted to get it done so I could have a review ready. But that's also why I said, oh, I've got another character that, you know, I can go do everything on. Yeah. But I'm 
also looking forward to our uh, three-player Dark Urge run. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one's going to be a lot of fun. Especially knowing now, or knowing what I know now, I think I already know what the Dark Urge is, so... Mm-hmm. But that's... I'm talk about that when we get to the spoiler cast for it. Right. <laughs> um, and I haven't gotten to play it very much, but uh, Phantom Liberty is totally worth the 30 bucks. For, uh, Cyberpunk. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't gotten to uh, the DLC yet because I restarted. I didn't. <laughs> didn't you tell Loach to restart? I did. You hypocrite. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I took some time and uh, figured out how the skill trees work. Yeah. And it took me a couple hours. I don't know if Brian would really have the patience to sit down and read through all of the trees. Yeah. Going in with an end game character already. Yeah. But I took like two or three hours to figure it out. Yeah, a lot no of- one will shut the fuck up about Netrunner. So everyone keeps saying that's the way to go. Yeah, it's fun. Why? Because I can look at people and make them kill themselves. Okay. You can walk into a fight and go, hey, kill yourself. And then they pull out a gun and shoot themselves. And then as soon as your, uh, your mana, they call it ram. You're basically a wizard. As soon as your RAM refills, you can look at somebody else in the room. Hey, hey you should also shoot yourself. They go, okay. Yeah. It's kind of like um, playing as uh, the major from Ghost in the Shell. Okay. Like you can, there's all kinds of stuff you can do. You can hack people's eyes so you can just like walk right up in front of them and they don't see anything. Uh, I have three or four. Yeah, but it only lasts for a certain amount of time, right? Yeah, that's why you stab them in the ass while they can't see you. Uh. Um. I've got three or four insta-kill abilities that it's a ton of fun. All right. And then uh, the other character that I have is uh, my uh, my melee character. Is there still a level limit? No, I think they raised the level cap. I don't know what it went to, but it used to be 50. So they might have... I'm at 53 on my Netrunner. So I'll have to look and see what the new level cap is. Okay. Yeah, that was one of the things that kind of bugged me. I was like, I can't have everything? Come on. Chrome chrome me all out. Make me go insane. No, that's one thing that I do like that they did with this uh, expansion was they very much beefed up how much much cybernetics you can have. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt in uh, the base release, they didn't do enough with your cybernetics. Yeah. Cause I, I was telling you this, uh, when it came out, I didn't play a whole lot of the pen and paper version, Yeah, but I remember enough that you could basically be, uh, Adam smashers twin. Yeah. You know, the most chromed out person in the setting, you could have basically the same amount of cybernetics that he could, if you got enough money or had a DM that was nice enough to, give you free shit. Yeah, I think the only reason why that guy hasn't gone completely insane with that shit is just because of the fact that he was a psychopath to begin with. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to go crazier than <clears throat> you already were. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when you're just nuts. Yeah. It just makes sense. Uh, but they, they added a whole shitload of new cybernetic stuff. So, okay. I mean, you still only have your mantis blades, gorilla arms, fucking love that shit um it, well you still only have the the same four yeah 
Um, I had both. Mantis Blaze and Gorilla Arms. And the old one? Yeah. Because I went through the entire boxing thing with uh, Gorilla Arms and had Mantis Blades for, for fighting. Right, but they still only have the four because you get the uh, the monowire mantis blades, gorilla arms, and then the uh, the launcher. Okay, which the launcher was crap. Uh, supposedly they beefed that up. I don't know. I never played with it. Never I tried it. it. I tried it once. I heard it was bad, so I didn't go to it. Yeah, I tried it. It was yeah. terrible. Um, supposedly they made it less terrible. Yeah, by the end of the game, it was almost all melee. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of happens. Um, Smasher lasted like two seconds against me. It was pretty funny. Yeah. If you go up, I pulled out my blaze. Like, let's do this and just fucking sliced him twice. And he was dead. I was like, you're a pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, yeah, they, they added a whole new shitload of, uh, new cybernetic stuff. Did they make, uh, sneak and, uh, uh, assassination abilities better? Overall, because I haven't gotten that far. Um, I would have to start a new character for that because neither of my characters are stealth oriented. I don't know why I even asked you. Yeah, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> I just realized this listeners like mid fucking mid fucking conversation. Now you do like, realize why did I ask Josiah <laughs> about stealth about stealth? Yeah, my a concept dumbass. of stealth is you can't get detected if everyone dies. Yeah, I, so it was a bad question. I regret it. I, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, dead men tell no tales. So, yeah, I, I'm agreeing with you on that. But I, I kill everything <laughs> stealthfully, or I, usually in a lot of games. But uh, I forgot stealth for you is walking in, come at me, bro, and everything's dead. <laughs> stealth achieved. Yeah, that's. <laughs> That's why we work as a group is you have me to be the distraction and then you shoot everything in the ass while I'm trying to fist fight everything. It's a lot easier to kill everything when it's in the same room as you trying to kill you. Yeah, exactly. But um, for as far in as I, I am, I will say I'm, I'm happy that I spent the 30 bucks on it. If you liked the base game, you'll like this. Nice. So. All right. Uh, yeah. Anything else, guys? Uh, I played a little bit of uh, Lies of P. Game Pass. Um, the neat aesthetic. Uh, it's interesting. Not really my kind of game, but it's it's a Dark Souls like game. Yeah, it's um, a lot like Born. It's a lot like uh, Bloodborne. Uh. And you know it plays pretty much exactly like those. I feel like it's a little less uh, clunky than than some of those that I've experienced in the past. Yeah. Uh, played it to the uh, the first uh, boss and got my shit pushed in after only removing like a third of their health. Uh, okay. I might go back to it at some point, but I mean, if you if you appreciate those kinds of games, you know, it might be worth checking out. All right. Uh, also, you watched- also played the uh, Sea Stars. Oh yeah, yeah. I played a bit of Sea of Stars. Um, fun, uh, simple RPG, turn-based RPG. Ping, uh, pong, ping pong combat. Yeah. Um, yeah. The turn-based combat kind of reminds me of uh, Paper Mario, uh, where you had to like hit the button at the right time to get bonus damage or deflect damage. Yeah, uh, I am why I was saying ping pong combat. 
<laughs> I am fucking terrible at it in this one. Uh, I almost always get hit for the full damage. But uh, it's interesting. The art style's nice. Um, I'll go through it some more at some point. Um, I also watched the first two episodes of Gen V, the uh, boys spinoff on Prime. It, it's pretty much as bad as I thought it was going to be, uh, just in different ways. Uh, it feels like a CW show with a bit of debauchery. That's that's about it. And it's not really enough to motivate me to continue watching it. Yeah, so basically it's exactly what I thought it would be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Which is unfortunate. I could see it getting much worse as the show goes on. Uh, and that's kind of why I stopped at two. <laughs> okay. Real but. quick. Oh, Miles, were you done? No, go for it. Uh, I watched uh, Castlevania Nocturne. Yeah. Better than I thought it was going to be. I still have zero interest. I also went into <laughs> it with zero interest and was pleasantly surprised. It's actually good. Not selling me on it. That's... <laughs> That's fine. I just I'm letting... just fucking with you. No, uh, I mean it's that. I mean that's good as long as it's you know as long as it's something you watch and you're like, ah, oh, that was shit. I wish I hadn't had my Netflix for this. No, I. Then, it was. Uh, I animation quality is at the level of uh, the first series, if okay. not better. Uh, my biggest complaint was I didn't personally find uh, Richter as enjoyable until about the fifth episode. Okay. And there's only eight in the season. Um, Whereas uh, Trevor was, I loved that guy from the first moment he was on screen. Oh yeah. Uh, I have no interest in watching it because of the fact that they, one, they've made some changes to, uh, to the, you know, to the, the show just based off of, Oh, we took a character that's known in the series. We brought them in and we're just going to change them just because we can, because they're, they weren't as important. And I'm like, okay, uh, whatever. Um, and then like, once I heard that, I was like, well, that means that if, if just a side, if, if just that character that fans were, you know, legitimately fans of Castlevania, they are, they're entitled to be able to be pissed about anything that happens in the show. Um, basically we're treated like, Oh, well you're just toxic or racist because you don't, you know, you're not okay with this. Like, dude, you specifically literally said you took this character because you thought that they weren't that important to the story and brought them in, turned them into a main character that, that they, I can't remember the character's name. It's It's going to drive me nuts. Cause I remember them in the, in the game, blonde haired, white, you know, pale as pale as fucking snow in the, uh, in the original game. But they're basically only there to be like, Oh, I love you. Like they're, they're the love interest in the, in the, the game. They're the character is like, you know, I'm rooting for you. That's essentially it. Um, they're not hugely, I like, I agree. They're not hugely important in the original game. That's, it's just, you know, it's the equivalent of Princess Peach in the original Mario. Your princess is in another castle. Big fucking deal. Yeah. I've, I've known her for five seconds. <laughs> you know, that's that's the kind of thing. Uh, but I, I understand fans 
who aren't appreciative of the fact that they took a character that was known made this other or made her into another another character from a completely different background made them a another war essentially another warrior class because they needed to fulfill the role of what you had in the previous you know show be which was the uh the dynamic between trevor and uh cypher cypher so like oh well we need to have that back so what we'll do is we'll bring in this character turn her into this and that's what we'll go with and then when fans bit back and said you know don't do this like i actually care about this character and most of the fans who'd said that were based off of comics stuff that they knew in other lore from not just the game that it's based off of and the instant response from the studio is ah you're just racist because we turned her black and you're like no it's because you took the character and changed them fundamentally we would have been fine with this character if you just made a new character and didn't call her this and base her off of that 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 would be a completely different situation right yeah and fans are going why didn't you just do that why couldn't you have just made her a new character it's allowed yeah that's the cool thing with fiction you can do whatever you want uh i mean you were able to do this plenty of times during the last castlevania why couldn't you do it now and it's because oh you were trying to goat fans in by saying hey remember this person remember that person that's the real reason i don't appreciate Eh. a studio that does that that's uh understandable i I don't appreciate when disney does it i sure shit ain't gonna appreciate it with another studio doing it so that's the that's the gripe that i had with that that took place aside from that i have zero interest in watching it because i got what i wanted out of the first one the first castlevania was fucking perfect yeah in my opinion the 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 four seasons that i got out of that pristine i'm good i don't need anything else I don't need another continuing story. I don't need them to bring back Dracula. I don't need to do any, I don't need them to do any of that bullshit. I'm good. So why would I even, why would I, in my opinion, and this is just for me, why would I even bother coming back? So that's why, that's what I mean by I have no interest. It's not one of those things of like, it's not one of those things of like, I expect dog shit from it. It's more of, I don't care. (laughs) Right. Pretty much, I just went into it hoping for more cool fights, and that's what I got. And I so. get that. That's good, though. I mean, I that's that's a good thing. If if you walked in, like I said, if you walked in or you came into the show, and you're like, all right, one episode in, fuck me. <laughs> if that, like if that's the response going in, like if you watched one episode and we're like, God, this is not good. It's it's you know it's that that equivalent of like Ahsoka. Yeah. Like if you came in, watched one episode, and hated it, don't continue. It's right. not worth it. It wasn't worth your time. It's not worth your money. Obviously, you you're getting ripped off, right? For yourself, it's the same thing with this. Of if you watched that and be like, "This sucks," and you kept going, I'd question your sanity for one and two. Be questioning why you still have a next Netflix subscription if that's the case. Uh, it'd be the same thing for people who watch One Piece. I have no interest in watching One Piece the live action. I I don't care about the anime, so I'm not going to care about the live action at all. However, based off of what I've heard for the anime or for the live action, Netflix has stayed true to their word. It is actually reflective of the anime that they've made. I've seen cutscenes of it where they're fucking, they do lunatic shit like the long fucking arm shit. I'm like, 
that's funny. They actually are staying, sticking with the anime. And surprisingly, based off of what I've seen on screen, it translates pretty well. Yeah, I, I've heard nothing but good things from uh, One Piece fans. Yeah. And I think Netflix actually listened when every, they got the blowback here's, from uh, here's Cowboy the thing, Bebop. Though. Netflix has, I found out Netflix has no choice. And that's because the contract they have with the creator says he gets final say, which means if he's not happy, show's gone. Right. Instantaneously. So because of that, here's the funny thing. Netflix, I guarantee you they hated everything he wanted. Didn't want one goddamn thing. Yeah. And here's the funniest part. They're having to live with the fact that it's successful. It's actually doing well on Netflix and well enough that it's brought in new fans. They've brought in fans that have never watched One Piece and now want to watch One Piece. And Netflix is having to sit there and, and live with the fact that, shit, we've been wrong all along, just like all of Hollywood has been wrong all along. And they're having to live with that. And I think that that's a fucking win. That's the greatest thing I can hear. And if Netflix turns around and cancels this show, it's not because it wasn't successful. It's not because it wasn't getting streamed. It's because they refused to continue to cater to the creator of the show. And they didn't want to put up with it anymore. They wanted to do their own bullshit. And if you don't agree with me on that, go watch what happened with the Witcher. Look at what happened with the Witcher. And you'll know that as a fact. I made it two seasons into or uh, two episodes into season three. And then I put it down. I can watch it. Uh, I, I refused. I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to watch a show that got rid of the only person that was trying to fight for the fans and was trying to fight for the credibility of the show. And knowing what I know now after season two and watch in, and I, I watched season two and I thought it was fun. It was decent for what it was, but I knew, and I, we'd pointed this out in the podcast. I think when we, when we reviewed it, it is nothing like the original material. And I pointed that out. They're doing their own thing at this point. So long as they're staying true to the characters, that's fine. But you find out like, oh no, they don't care about, they don't care about uh, the Witcher. The, the creators oh, there, the uh, writers openly mock the source material. I was like, oh, you guys are assholes. There's a reason why it's not like the, the, the source material. It's because you refuse to make it like the source material. And that was the moment where I was like, fucking Christ, this is, this is going to happen. This is happening across the board. And then rings of power came out and God damn, was I in full fuck you mode with that? Like go, you know, Hollywood can go to fucking hell. They can, they can die in a fucking dumpster. As far as I'm concerned, their writers are trash. None of them ever deserve to have their contracts come back. And the fact that the strike got whatever they wanted out of them, or out of Hollywood and pisses me off even more because now you're going to have a whole bunch of talentless hacks coming back who don't deserve the time of day that they're being given. They don't deserve the writing rooms. They don't deserve any of the fucking credibility they get. They don't deserve anything from their shows that they're making because majority of them suck ass. They're just trash. And they don't care about the stuff that they're making. They don't care about their fans. They don't care about anything that they make. They think that, oh, we, we just deserve these things because we deserve it. Right. It's the, the, it's the same problem with the entitlement that, I, that you see in, in development. It's the same problem that you see around the world of there's no accountability. Everyone wants everything and they don't want to work for it. Hmm. I just deserve it. 
it's me. I deserve this. Look upon me in awe. I am the great creator. That's what they want to be seen as. Even though they're stealing from other people's creativity, essentially. I don't care that a studio paid for the rights to it. You guys are stealing their material because you had no good ideas to begin with. And I love the fact that Netflix is having to eat their own fucking words because they made a mistake when for themselves, I should say they made the mistake of you have final say to the creator. If, could you imagine what would have happened with, with the Witcher if they had done the same thing? Yeah. You sure would be, shit. Yeah. You sure shit would have been getting anything you're getting now. The show would be five times bloodier than yeah. it is. And Henry Cavill. Yeah. Would be 100% on board and still with the network. Yeah. Because he wouldn't have to defend it. He wouldn't have to be saying shit because the person that would have final say is the guy who made it. But nope, he knew exactly how it was going to work. I mean, granted, he's a perfectionist. He's not even happy. He's not even happy with how the Witcher has performed in the games because it still doesn't follow the exact source material. I totally understand that. He's the creator of it. It's not going if it's not going to follow his source material, then, yeah, he's going to be a little upset. I get it. Totally understand. But here's the thing. They couldn't even follow that. And the, the games follow the source material 10 times more than the show did. Wow. Who, who, who are you guys taking your creative cues from? Who are these people? How are they magically so much better than the people who made them? Unfucking real. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if, if you can watch castlevania and love and, and and like what you're getting out of it great well awesome. I'm, I'm also not if a fan if a fan comes up and tells you that your your opinion doesn't count to them is it understandable yeah yeah absolutely yeah because i never played uh whichever castlevania it's richter the, came out of so yeah, i didn't the know that thing. they changed yeah, anything it's the same thing that if i come across a what i what i would consider a true trekkie I, somebody who actually knows their shit with star trek and they tell me that my my opinion is null and void compared to theirs in their opinion like yeah i get it like don't get me wrong i know a lot about star trek but there's there are trekkies out there like my aunt she knew everything yeah and there are people out there who know everything and if they sit there and they can break down any argument I have on why I think Star Trek's fine or why I like certain things in Star Trek or why I even like J.J. Abrams' Star Trek. Don't get me wrong. I understand the reasons why people don't like it. Totally get it. But I like it. I enjoy it. I enjoy it for what it is, right? Yeah. It's the same thing with Star Wars. I could know. I totally understand why Bronx likes Ahsoka. But I want him to understand there's no way I can watch that fucking show. Right. I would lose my fucking mind watching that show and just watching the interaction between her and Ezra after seeing each other for over eight fucking years and having not seen each other. They try to make it the they it looks like the encounter that you'd have with somebody that you had a one night stand with and you did not expect to see them at the party. It is so <laughs> fucking awkward. They want Disney wants them to have such a platonic relationship. It's sad. And I sat there going, Jesus, this is fucking painful to watch. Like, how did, how is it eight years? Dude, I see Bronx. I, I didn't see Bronx for two years. And when we saw each other, I came up to him and hugged him. And we sat there just hugging each other and saying, like, dude, I've missed you so much. 
two years. These people didn't see each other for over eight, and it's just, sup, bro. <laughs> nice little pat on the back. See you later, dog. Yeah. Word. You know, Ezra's like, I'm going to go smoke a bowl. You want to come with me? Like, God, dude, he looks so fucking high. Um, I've seen the pictures. It's- yeah. It's it, like, it, it's, it's fucking painful for a fan to watch that and go, I've been waiting for this. I've wanted to see the live action version of these characters. How are your characters less lively and less animated than an animated movie or animated series that was on years ago? You've accomplished what I thought would be impossible. Human beings unable to emote versus an animated animated series. Right. And my problem with uh with Rebels was honestly Ezra to begin with. Every other character in that show is infinitely more likable than he is. True story. Even by the end of it, like he was okay by I the end him, of season I liked four. him by the end of it, but I get it. Yeah. I totally yeah. understand. Well, that's what I'm saying is like I, he was likable by the end of season four, but yeah. I still liked him less than everyone else yeah, on the I cast. Get it. Yeah, I totally understand. It's one of those things that like he's he's not a he wasn't a tremendously written character to begin with. He was just kind of space Aladdin. there. Yeah, he was just kind of there. And you're just kind of like, all right, well, everyone else here has got these cool backstories, have these have these cool things like and on top of that, in Ahsoka, the fact that they made a. Uh, What's her name? Uh, she was the the head of the uh, head of the rebels on uh, the planet that uh, rebels takes place on. I can't remember. Um, she's a general now. Hera. Hera. Thank you. Fucking Christ. <laughs> my Is brain's pilot? like yeah. My brain's like uh, yeah. They made Hera so fucking stupid in the live action version. I saw a scene with her where they're like, well, going through the shipyard and stuff like that, a shipyard that used to be controlled by the empire. And she's surprised. They still have Imperial workers there. And then she's even more shocked that they are, that they have Imperial workers there that aren't making things for the new, for the new Republic. They're making an engine, a, a, uh, a light or, uh, a, uh, what's it called? A, a hyperspace engine for another ship for a former Imperial. And I'm like, you're surprised. And, and you didn't know. And the fact that she, she, she's a fucking pilot listeners and she's an intelligent pilot. She's actually an intelligent person. They established this throughout rebels. Rebels. They showed that she was easily the smartest one on the crew several times. <laughs> and, and then they turn around and make her dumber than a bag of hammers. She doesn't, she doesn't suspect anything's going on. That's weird. That's happening in the shipyard. And on top of that, she doesn't know what a hyperspace engine looks like. I, my brain was screaming when I watched this. To scene. Be and fair, I'm like, You've got to be kidding me. To be fair. She's be a fair. pilot, not a, not a mechanic. My dad knows what an engine is. My dad was a pilot for over 20 something years. He could tell you, he could tell you every, almost everything about the planes that he flew. Right. I, I'm it, just it, saying that's any, probably any, the, any real pilot worth their salt actually knows the machines they're flying. It's the equivalent of it. That's the equivalent of a race car driver, not knowing their car. Right. But that's probably the justification that Disney that's decided Disney, to throw yeah. at it. No guarantee. Well, she's just a pilot. Yeah. yeah. She no just way flies. Would they know any of their systems in order to, I don't know, be able to fix, fix the machine they fly the, the machine they fly in space 
Right. Where you could get stranded. Fuck you, Disney. Your, your writers are trash. This is why I know Disney has no hope of ever fixing Star Wars. Because they can't even write a well-written character from a cartoon into live action. They just make everybody dumb. And, you know, God forbid you do Thrawn, you, you, you do Thrawn correctly. Cause no, he's gotta be, he's gotta be a, you know, what looks like somebody who's been sticking, you know, sticking around at Dunkin' Donuts while the empire is failing. Um, the entire time, this guy, this guy was in his fifties when Ezra met him when, or almost in his fifties when Ezra met him and was in peak physical form. He could fight dark troopers. <clears throat> Yeah, and uh, Chiss have the same lifespan that humans do, I think, within like 10 years. Yeah, and eight years later, he has a gut. He slouches forward. I mean, he he looks like... He looks like Elon Musk, only fatter and in worse shape. And blue. And blue. And I don't know if that was the way they were going for it, but it sure as shit came across that way of... We have to make this character who's supposed to be, everyone's supposed to be afraid of this person. This person is literally restarting the empire. He is going to restart the empire. And if you go with the original lore, he tried, he almost succeeded. He was very, very uh, threatening and everybody knew it. He was, he was a bad, he was bad news. There's three fucking books on an entire three book series on him. And he was a badass. Yeah. And you guys made him look like a fucking chump in one fucking episode within five seconds. I mean, he, and it's, it's the Disney formula of we have to make men seem weak and somewhat incompetent in some way, shape or form, because they have to elevate the other characters that are there that are always female. Yeah. Ezra, I mean, Ezra, Ezra somehow space Jesus, but he's fucking just, he's just a, you know, dope smoking douchebag that's sitting on a planet with a bunch of people with shells on their backs. He can't get off. He can't get off the planet. Can't use the fucking force anymore, apparently, because he couldn't couldn't have been bothered to phone home. Um, th- this is this is what I'm talking about. Like the Disney has no other formulas. They don't know how to do anything else, and it's the same problem with creativity across the board. It's why that's that's one of the things that makes me weary of any any show that comes out that's a spinoff or continuation of a franchise. Castlevania. Uh, I instantly went. I, okay, well, hopefully don't fuck it up. That's kind of the words that came out of my mouth. Hopefully it's good. I have zero interest. I had zero interest. I explained why that was, but that's how I see any continuation of a franchise now. Like, hopefully don't fuck it up because it's almost guaranteed that that'll happen because if you give these studios so much power away from the creators, away from the creativity of those people who had it, then it just turns into just the same bullshit that they've, that they've been doing. Yeah. It all just turns into terrible terrible fan fiction yeah the i mean i guess the only person i can say that i'm grateful that they actually did a decent job with is uh uh uh, dude i'm hello brain my brain is just going fucking blank on names uh, lately uh actor he he passed away recently um ray stevenson ray stevenson uh evidently he's the only one that did they did a decent job with yeah he's the only reason i'm going to watch that series um, I mean, we talked about this i told you i'm gonna watch it and be pissed off the entire time that i mean i, I, I don't know it, who is i don't know who is i don't know if the girl who does his who plays his poodle or princess uh does really you know does any good i call her a poodle because it looks like she cuts her own fucking hair with you know a pair of uh broken scissors 
you know, safety, safety. Yeah, covers. I was going to say, it kind of looked like safety scissors. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I mean, she, like, I, I don't know if she does a good job or not, but I haven't seen much of it. But I mean, like, this is, but this, you know, I don't, ex- I, I couldn't expect anything from a show that doesn't know that lightsabers kill people. So by stabbing them in the gut, it, apparently Qui-Gon Jinn's just a fucking pussy because every, every single woman in the world that gets t- stabbed through the gut is fine afterwards. It I doesn't mean, destroy your insides. It doesn't bake your entire in- internal organs together and melt them. Nope. You're fine. Can I melt mean, a door, can kill Qui-Gon Jinn, can't kill a person. I said the same thing after uh, Obi-Wan. <laughs> uh, apparently getting stabbed in the chest with a lightsaber is something you can just shrug, shrug off, off after a week. Yeah. Modern Disney Star Wars. Modern storytelling in a whole. Which is why I'm pissed off that the writers are back. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve anything. You guys deserve to be jobless. Because you suck. Yeah. And the fact that the actors don't know this or couldn't see it tells you just where their priorities are. And who and how good they are. Anyways. Moving on, we're done. We've gone way too long. I've taken up the guy's time and we should finish up because uh, I still I still got the other podcast to finish up. So. We all good. Miles, nothing to contribute. Uh, no, anything else can wait. You sure? Yep. It's going to be two weeks. It's going to be so long. Well. <laughs> all right. Listeners, thank you for listening to us. We really do appreciate it. Uh, please go on to. Uh, you know, Podbean and uh, give us a thumbs up or something like that, and uh, subscribe to us on there. You can subscribe to us on uh, on iTunes as well. If you somehow heard this some other way, I have no idea uh, how it got there. But you know, sometimes Podbean uploads it to different services, and we don't even know about it. But uh, tell your friends about it, or tell your friends about us. It's literally the only way we get around because we have no real social media presence or anything like that. We actually have a Facebook page that never gets used. Um partially because we don't want to maintain it. And the other reason is because we're all old and social media sucks. Uh, so <laughs> you'll never see us on X ever. I, I think, I think the only person that, you know what? We should get hand over all social media over to Anderson. He sends me Facebook posts all the fucking time. He sends me shit off of, uh, Instagram, Instagram. dude. I wanted to slap the man. When he sent me an Instagram post. Anyways, I'm going to go on another tangent if I keep talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Again, listeners, tell your friends about us. Literally the only way we get around. Thank you for listening to us. This is Vargo. This is Josiah. And Miles. Keep on geeking on and we're out. Hey, listeners, uh, I'm not going to do the the normal like full length song any or or in this, but uh, we're we're not sponsored by them at all. Uh, I just want to put that out there. But uh, Blink-182 came out with a new album. Uh, It is absolutely fucking amazing we want you guys to go and take a or take a listen to it if you if you can it's on spotify itunes pretty much any anything that does streaming it basically just boils down to the fact that i'm a big fan uh loach who's also used to be a regular on the show uh is a big fan and uh we're just excited blinks back so here is a portion of anthem part three
Blink, please don't sue us. <laughs>